Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag 3, whoever he is. Get your quad fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international over the person. <laughs> hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot, These are allegations of abuse of power, obstruction, and corruption. And they warrant further investigation by the House of Representatives. These facts should concern all Americans. The American people deserve to know that the public offices are not for sale. That's why today I am directing our House committee to open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. Oh! Oh my God, bro! The American people want us to do something that will make their lives better, not go off on these uh, witch hunts. This is a big deal, an impeachment. You have to do it with care and not on impulse. I doubt it. You are fake news. You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. Very fake news. I dare you fucking bitch. Well, it's not my concern. Congratulations, butthead. Come on, man. Give me a little break here. You suck. Fuck you. Jeez. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. All right. America, go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations to both of you. You're awesome. I, I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live! <laughs> Fuck it, we'll do it live! Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show, frankly. The very best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. I'm told this is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Wow. Very Japanese of you. I'm so excited. We've been practicing. More on that in a moment. But uh, the real headline is, I am still not dead suddenly. So, it's two (laughs) weeks and counting. I'm on a hot streak, I would say. Uh, but even more importantly, of course, later in the show, we will get to the crucial Lauren Boebert boob grab video analysis. Don't worry, we will not ignore the most significant news of the week. Now, I did not have time in the rest of my show prep to confirm. Was there a visual on the handy? No, oh, my husband told me this and uh, I watched the I watched the footage twice and I didn't see anything. Okay. Uh, there were claims of this. I have not independently verified them myself, but not just a boob grab. That's confirmed, but an attempted handy. Confirmed. Okay. We'll get to that later in Did the show. Did you also hear that or is my husband full of No, shit? I've heard that he? on, that's, I've heard okay. it in multiple places. Yes. Okay. Uh, before we get to that, of course, uh, Kevin McCarthy is officially trying to make Joe Biden the fourth impeached president. I thought he was the third, but then I guess, was it Jackson? So. I got to look back like someone in the 1800s was impeached previously. So uh, that would make Joe Biden potentially the fourth because of his crackhead kid. right? Uh, well, uh, that is that is the angle they're going with the business associations with Hunter. It's not like Biden doesn't deserve such a thing, 
Uh, but the path to make this happen is a lot less clear than it seems. McCarthy, I think, is taking some gambles here. Again, not that he's wrong to do it, but this might uh, this might go south if there are any Republican defections, and there are signs that there are some. So we'll see. Uh, and meanwhile, the, the best part of the show is Democrats raging about the rules that they themselves established inside of four years ago. Uh, best reaction goes to John Fetterman, personally, but we'll have that debate later on. Uh, special counsel David Weiss indicts Hunter Biden on three charges related to his gun purchase in 2018. Oh, we got him. See, we're going after him. Don't uh, we? We totally investigated everything thoroughly. Yeah, well, that's what you're supposed to believe, I guess. Uh, Russell Brand gets suddenly accused by four women of rape and or sexual harassment. Yeah. All organized by reporters at the UK Sunday Times, not by accusation in the story. None of these people were comfortable speaking until us reporters went and convinced them to do it. Well, good job. Yeah. One of these accusations is from 2006. Like, if true, there should really be a statute of limitations on this. I did look it up out of curiosity. Some of the accusations are in California. Some are in the UK. Neither has a statute of limitations on the sort of conduct alleged, which itself is is a question. If you could, if you're serious about this and there is some evidence presented in the story, uh, criminal charges are available to you. What have you been waiting for? Well, yeah, the girl went to a rape crisis center the day after it happened, and there are medical records uh, confirming that. But why didn't she go to the police? It's very why? odd. Why? She kept dating him too. Uh, yeah, that was that was a pattern for a couple of them. Uh, yeah. The other one, the most serious one, is the one about the then sixteen-year-old who herself admits. Uh, yeah, he um, well, he did very graphic things we'll talk about later in the show. But really, the deal breaker was when I came home and he was with another woman. Then I left him. So first he all but raped me. And I went back for more, but I found him with another chick. And I thought, that's it. I'm wow. out of here. You know, he's had sex with 5000 women. I could believe like, it. That, that's if probably you bang possible. that many chicks. Then like something a little fringe rapey has got to. Has got to get in there. That's just statistics. It's yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying he raped anybody, but like, yeah, this all sounds like he was a sleazy guy and he said as much himself. Uh, It does seem like he's pretty upfront about that uh, for sure. Plus, before we get out of here, we have hoax hate and tonight's movie review is the hunt for red October. So stick around. We'll catch up with your super chats in between topics as well. 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low down money grabbers of course it will be all this and more on your favorite couple hours of listening material remember you can find everything show related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website that is mattchristensenmedia.com listener support is hugely appreciated and it is what keeps the show operational so if you enjoy the show please consider supporting the show we also have show merchandise for sale on the site plus We have offers from friendly listener-owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends at Hero Soap Company, and I know what you're thinking if you're a regular viewer of the show. Oh, I know that ad. I've seen it a million times. No, not this time. Not this one. You must have seen it. I was was hoping maybe I I would surprise you with this. Okay, so Mm -hmm. not your usual Hero Soap promo. We have a new promo made by our music guy, Chris Gard, famous for the Wiki Wiki song and the Raja Mahan song. Well, he reached out to me this week and said he put together a special ad for Hero Soap that he thinks really conveys the spirit and the effects of my signature soap, of course, Timberline. 
Sometimes being a man means doing a little more than what's expected of you. Even if that means taking yourself to the end of the line. But every man needs something at the end of the day to remind him that his work's worthwhile. That's why every man should be using Timberline from Hero Soap Company. It's a frosty pine soap where the forest meets the peaks. A woodsy scent with extra menthol for a high altitude cooling effect. Giving your balls the best tingle this way west of Yellowstone. So try Timberline today and treat yourself to the refreshing ball tingling you deserve. Timberline from Hero Soap Company. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was voiced by Chris himself. Was and, this approved by Hero Soap or did yeah, this come out of nowhere? Well, so first of all, yes, I did reach out to Hero Soap Company and say, hey, our music guy, Chris, made this awesome ad. And, and it, I don't want to play this without your approval because it contains it certain talks about themes. Your balls, and, yeah. and to the credit of Hero Soap, they said, that's great. Please play it. So, of course, we did. But I'm pretty sure Chris did the Dude. voiceover. And that's the thing. How is it that Ozzy's can speak in perfect American English or the American accent. But but we cannot do that accent for shit. I don't get it. I don't get how you guys do that. Uh, but thanks to Chris, of course, and thanks to Hero Soap Company for being uh, good faith about a little uh, fun poking or mockery of the soap in the company. But, uh, of course, you can check out HeroSoapCompany.com for all three of our signature soaps, Timberline and Old West from yours truly and Almond Oat plus almond, excuse me, from Blonde, plus shampoo and conditioners just launched. Promo code NP, promo code MC listener. What did I almost say? NPC. That would not be a good promo code. Promo oh, code no. MC listener for ten percent off everything from Hero Soap Company. You can find everything you need from our friends at Hero Soap, plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses, including Western Razor Company, Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing, Sonoran Defense Technologies, and more at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals, deals by listeners for listeners. Perhaps I'll get some emails this week from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses saying, will Chris please make an ad for us? I don't, maybe he's found yeah. a, a new business opportunity. It's unfair. He can say balls with, with perfect cowboy accuracy. And I can't oh. say Melbourne or however they pronounce it down under. We do have a story from Melbourne in just a moment. Before we get to that, though... Uh, you are off to Japan. Any parting words before the uh, end of the show? Um, wow, I don't even know what to say about this. Um, I feel weird talking about my vacation because I'm like, I do a really low effort podcast. And because of support like you, you're sending me on vacation. But I, I do think that um, it's important for families to engage in international travel. Low effort in part. <laughs> no, no, my part. Thank you. Your part is very high effort. If you took a vacation, everybody would be like, oh, man, working real hard. I don't know about I'm that, taking but... a vacation and people are like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I know that I talk a lot of shit on people of other races, but uh, I love the Japanese and I'm very excited to go to their country and to honor their rituals for and now their culture just wait till you come back listen to what these motherfuckers did oh yeah i know there's yeah. gonna be some japanese lady like oh you're so fat <laughs> <laughs> like i will bomb your country into oblivion i'll do it i don't know i'm really excited i've never been to asia um 
I've never been to any, no vacation I've ever taken has been like this. This is a once in a lifetime trip. And I am just so excited to spend this time with Emmeline and my husband. And it's just going to be, it's going to be so rad. Well, of course, uh, there will be no call-in shows in Blonde's absence, so we're not doing call-in shows on the 20th or the 27th. We'll uh, get back to a normal schedule on October 1st, but next week, September 24th, the Sunday show will go on. My friend Frank from Quite Frankly will join me. We will run a show as close to normal as we possibly can. And by the way, I will be appearing on Frank's show, Quite Frankly, tomorrow night around 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, if you want to tune in, we'll talk about whatever is grabbing his interest currently. And of course we'll, uh, we'll promote the upcoming Sunday stream a little bit. So that is it going to be a porn where for super chats, you guys do what they ask. I uh, no, that's uh, that, that Democrat, uh, woman, that woman running for a uh, state house in Virginia, she's already stolen that bit. So we're not, right. yeah. So you're live. Yeah. What did this doctor? Oh say? yeah. Sorry. Uh, one more DVT update. I don't want to ignore the intro. Deep vein thrombosis, DVT. Right. So I saw a doctor on Thursday, really no new information. They said, uh, it looks good. Swelling's gone. Discoloration's gone. Looks like everything's normal. Stay on these blood thinners for three months, then evaluate, including follow-up testing if I want to do that. I, I will emphasize, though, as I told in the original story, again, this doctor that I saw, this is like the fifth or sixth med- medical professional I've seen in relation to this DVT, whether it's doctors or whether it's nurses or whether it's sort of processing staff who ask me questions about how I got this event and what my medical history is. Not one, including this doctor who went through a million questions again. Not one person has asked me, did you get the vaccine? And that of course, is so crazy. I did not. But the, the thing, the doctor also said that since this is my first incident, uh, she would not advise additional testing necessarily unless it happened again. And there are two ways to interpret that. One is that it's not that serious unless I have a pattern of it happening. Okay, it is that serious. Number two, the number two way to interpret that is, are you guys just saying this isn't that serious because investigating clots is too much of a problem in today's current medical environment? Again, not with me specifically, because I did not get that particular product. But I know there are a lot of people who did who also have clotting experiences. And maybe A is linked to B, but you won't even discuss that in any way. I think that if this happened to you five years ago, they'd be freaking the fuck out. Yeah, I'd like to know. I'd like to know. Uh, yeah. if, if we could go back in time and see what they'd say, but, uh, I don't know. I, as I've, as I've said, uh, before I, once this, once I'm, once I've gone through this prescription medication around Christmas time or end of the year, I will certainly explore what options I have with a specialist to figure out why that happened. Cause I would very much for a like for it not to happen again. Yeah. You should uh, get the testing. Yeah. We'll see what my options are and who I can go to, uh, come, Really the first of the year. Um, Okay, well, uh, they got Owen Schroyer, too. I actually didn't even know they were going after Owen Schroyer, but they got him. Yeah, no matter. He didn't step foot into the Capitol building. And you know who did this? This motherfucker. um, What is his name? Timothy Kelly, the just sentence Enrique Tarrio. He was on this case, too. Yes, he was on this case, too. So federal prosecutors wrote this in their sentencing memorandum. Schroyer helped create January 6th. The government respectfully requests that this court sentence him to 120 days of incarceration or incarceration, 12 months of supervised release, 60 hours of community service, $500 in restitution 
In the months prior to January 6th, Schroyer spread election disinformation paired with violent rhetoric to hundreds of thousands, if not millions of viewers. Hmm. What a bunch of bullshit. He didn't step foot in there, but he's, you know, 60 days in jail. You think that if they could actually get him on something that they wouldn't have thrown the book at him? That is nothing. Uh, yeah. I Do we know uh, what the state, did they specify what the statements were? Maybe not in this story. I mean, it was nondescript, the kind of stuff that outside of this particular um, political prosecution, or we have said on this show yeah. a multitude of times. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, he also Schroyer responded um, in a sentence and hearing, and he said, "I was not a part of any larger plan for illegal activity or violence that day." Still, sixty days in prison from Timothy Kelly. Who whose pocket is this? District Judge Timothy Kelly. No, he's just very he's- uh, faithful to existing terrorism oh, sentencing sure. guidelines on the federal books. Who's jerking him off? Who's lining his pockets? <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know, but uh, I, I want to pay tribute to Owen Schroyer's origin for people who don't remember uh, way back when in 2016, that famous you're fucking a white male clip that used to be in the show intro. Owen Schroyer. Yeah, that was Aid Skrillex and Carl the Cuck, as they were dubbed, uh, debating a guy about Trump. Well, that fucking white male they were yelling at was Owen Schroyer. So what has Owen done to benefit this planet? Well, he prompted the creation of that clip for one. And I think that's way more than Carl the Cock or Aid Skrillex have ever contributed. And whatever you know, happens, judge was a Trump appointee. I, I I'm sure he could be. Yeah. But someone got to him. He got the call. Mm. <laughs> I want to know whatever happened to Aid Skrillex and Carl the Cock. Uh, when I have my investigative resources someday in the future, uh, I'm going to track these people down and do that sort of Tosh.0 style web redemption. What what is life like after becoming an Internet meme for these people? I want yeah, to, for real. I want to see well, I think that. They gave each other AIDS and now they're dead. Very sad. Although I'm told that AIDS is not a big deal these Mm. days. That's right. You have been informed probably by the same doctor who told me that DVT is not a big deal. Do you know what I just realized right before the show? I was writing a quick email while we were uh, setting up. I realized that I emailed Dr. Peter McCullough to talk to him before we talked about all this. Talk to him about this this, uh, HIV positive scare or whatever. And that he emailed me back like, uh, you should probably get this double checked." And I totally forgot to follow up with him. So for like two months, I think that he thought that I was HIV positive. I just shot up a quick email. He thought like, you died of AIDS. Negative. It's okay. Yeah. Well, um, did you see the Megyn Kelly Trump interview? Yeah. yeah. And uh, this, I don't discuss this point because this has been kind of the viral point to come out of here. I don't discuss this to give the impression of like, oh, Megyn Kelly dumped on Trump. Oh, I think if you watch the interview in totality, this was a a very fair interview. This was challenging. It was tough, but fair. I would say she wasn't like trying to get him. And he was, I think pretty outside of this one, pretty straightforward in his answers. 
Um, and even maybe he is straightforward in this answer, but if he is straightforward and it's truthful, it's still a bad thing. You know, it's like, if that's, if it's correct that you don't know who gave Fauci a commendation, then, that's still yeah. a problem for you as a leader in this situation. But this was the, kind of the viral moment from the interview. Megyn Kelly asked Trump directly, why'd you give Fauci an award on your way out of office? And Trump pleaded ignorance. He says, I, I don't know who gave Fauci that commendation. Not only did you not fire Fauci, who is loathed by many, many millions yeah. of Republicans in particular, but also some Democrats. By the way, you yeah. made him a star. You made him a star. This is the criticism of you, that you made him the face of the White House coronavirus. Task you think force, so? That he was at every presser, that he was running herd for the administration on COVID and that you actually gave him a presidential commendation before you left office. Wouldn't you like a do over on that? Uh, I don't know who gave him the commendation. I really don't know who gave him the commendation. Well, presidential I commendation. One went I know. Mark Somebody Miller, probably handed him a commendation. He probably. But let me just tell you about Fauci. Fauci was very important in the Biden administration, much less important. If you know, he didn't want to stop China. He wanted to let everyone come in from China. I stopped it. I overrode it. I overrode many of the things he did. He was much less important to me. Oof. I think he totally shit the bed on that one. She is dressed really inappropriately for this interview. Did you notice that? Uh, too too skimpy for a woman of her age or what? She's wearing a short leather miniskirt hmm. to interview a former president. What what is this? What a disaster. No, I mean he should have he should have been like, Oh yeah, I I want to do over on this one. This was a mistake. That's the Why thing. Why can't he, he just say that? Yeah, the answer is so easy. I, I'm I'm I don't demand perfection from anybody, him included. Yeah. But the the digging into the heels and the double down. And you look at the commendation, it's actually in ways worse than just, hey, great job, Anthony Fauci. The commendation was on the way out of office January 19th, 2021, for everyone involved with their exceptional efforts in Operation Warp Speed, as in the development of the vaccine. Now, I could be as charitable as possible and say that was just the development. He always wanted people's choice in consuming that product or not. And I think that really is true. I don't think Trump was behind coercive efforts to get you to take it, or at least that's not what he wanted. But then there's there's Fauci's name right there. And it's, again, that that blind spot of wasn't the vaccine so awesome persists. And and it's one of those. It's exactly like you said, just take the easy answer of, yeah, uh, I, like many people, trusted Fauci as a long established professional in uh, medicine and in research. That was a mistake. If I'm elected again, I will be much more critical of people like him. And I will make sure that anybody who advises the sort of things that he did will be dismissed. I regret not firing him. Easy, non-controversy. I wouldn't even be that mad about it. But he doesn't, he doesn't for whatever reason, he, he can't just take that easy responsibility. And yeah, I mean, if true, I don't know who did this. Okay, well, that, that leads me to assume that if you become president again, bad people will do bad things like this and you don't know who's doing it or why. That's also yeah. not good. Apparently kind of a bad week for Trump interviews, though. And again, that's not to characterize the whole interview with Megyn Kelly as, as bad for him. I think they had several interesting exchanges that were good faith. So so that's great. Um, there was this exchange, though, this morning on uh, Meet the Press. This is the debut of Kristen Welker, the new host replacing Chuck Todd. And during the interview, Welker asked Trump if he'd support a national 15 week abortion ban. Trump said he would negotiate a deal that everyone will like. And then he blamed Ron DeSantis for signing a six-week abortion ban in Florida, calling it a terrible thing and a terrible mistake. 
Mr. President, I want to give voters who are going to be weighing in on this election yeah. a very clear sense of where I think you stand I on I think this. they're all going to like me. I think both sides are going to like me. Let's What's going to happen is you're going to come up with a number of weeks or months. You're going to come up with a number that's going to make people happy. Would you sign it at 15 Are you talking about a complete ban? A ban at 15 weeks. Well, people, people are starting to think of 15 weeks that seems to be a number that people are talking about right now would you sign that uh, uh, i would i would sit down with both sides and i'd negotiate something and we'll end up with peace on that issue for the first time in 52 years uh, i'm not going to say i would or i wouldn't i mean de sanctus is willing to sign a five-week and six-week ban would you support that you think that i, I goes think what he far? did is a terrible thing and a terrible mistake mm. woof <laughs> Uh, I, I'm not trying to hate on Trump here, but that that is a terrible answer to that yeah. question for a bunch of reasons. Number one, because it's morally wrong. There is nothing terrible about protecting unborn life. But let's right. be and this 15 week thing is just it's just arbitrary. Do you remember how pregnant your wife looked at 15 weeks? By 15 uh, weeks, I, I was feeling I was feeling the baby move around. I had yeah. an ultrasound where I'd seen all of the baby's parts and everything like it, it's it's totally arbitrary. Now, I'll be generous and assume when Trump says mistake, he means political mistake for DeSantis to do that because it's politically unpopular. Maybe that's what he means. Not Is moral that what mistake. he said? It didn't sound like it. It didn't sound like that. That's the most generous interpretation I could give. But again, it's not a moral mistake to protect uh, to, to protect life. So if, if that's not what he means, we'll set that aside. I, I don't think it's a political mistake either, though, because leaders don't necessarily seek middle ground for middle ground's sake. The middle ground between should we murder and should we not murder is, I don't know, let's dismember people. Instead, leaders yeah. take a moral position and convince people of that position. So I don't I don't even grant that it's a political mistake necessarily. Uh, I, I It's a sub point. It's not as important. But the idea that everyone's going to love his position, everyone's going to love what he says. Uh, Democrats, even if he signed on to support uh, Roe codified into federal law like they want, they would give him no credit. Absolutely not. And 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 so the, the idea that Democrats are going to get on board and love this. No, they're not. And by extension, by the way, pro-life people are not going to love a 15-week ban. They might say that's an improvement, but I don't think that's something that a, a strongly pro-life person would love necessarily because it's but still isn't, a, hasn't has always been the greatest weakness of trump though this thing of saying like i think both sides are going to love me that's retarded um his ego has always been his his greatest yeah. failing well because his ego supersedes his sense of morality it and, always has and that's the bummer the point undermines i think what is his greatest achievement as president is is getting uh constitutionally faithful justices on the supreme court to undo roe versus wade send the matter back to the states like florida to make the decision for themselves he instead of defending that and turning it into an asset for himself by saying not only is that a policy worth supporting but the only reason it exists in florida is because i put the right supreme court justices on the supreme court to make that possible in the first place that's the correct answer even if yeah. you you can say no to the federal ban and say it's a state's issue. But by the way, I've enabled the states to decide this. You can do that and still promote yourself. You don't have to take this weird attack. Um, but yeah, I mean, here to your point on on morality and principle here, all it takes is his opponent taking a stronger pro-life stance for him to not just to adjust, but to switch and condemn the pro-life position itself. 
And these are the people who built a lot of his political constituency. It's like the greatest achievement of his presidency and the people who were most firmly in his court. Now, I guess throwing them under the bus saying that their view is a terrible mistake. Really, just a really unfortunate uh, move for him. I hope I hope it's something he would adjust uh, given a second chance to answer that question, but maybe not. I don't know. Uh, he wouldn't because he couldn't admit that Fauci was a terrible mistake. So, you know, he doubled down on anything he said previously. Uh, well, uh, you take the good with the bad, I suppose. Just a couple rough interviews for the man this week. Um, all right. Before we get into uh, now, I have two more stories before we get to Biden, but I have to bring this one up, even though it's a little bit old, or at least a couple weeks old. Uh, years ago, and I think I've discussed this on at least one occasion on the stream, but I know I've discussed this in my private life. Uh, uh, I've posed this absurd hypothetical. Can you rape in self-defense? Like, let's say a guy breaks into your house and presents you with lethal force. You're, you're of course, generally justified in meeting that lethal force with lethal force of your own and killing him. So if, 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 uh, if you're justified in killing him, why wouldn't you be justified in raping him? Because after all, one teaches him a lesson and he still gets to live to learn it. So isn't raping him in self-defense more humane? No, because it's, <laughs> it's purely punitive. It doesn't stop the person Correct. in the commission of a crime. Correct. Now, of course, I'm being tongue in cheek to, to be clear, <laughs> to be clear. The reason. Yes, I have it in the notes right here. The reason lethal force is justified is because you're justified in using the force necessary to stop the lethal threat against you, as you've described, if you're raping somebody, generally that person is already subdued. Thus, the use of force justification has expired. That's why. Well, this they is... do get to live, though, except for this case. <laughs> <laughs> this guy got the worst of both. Okay. <laughs> this is not and just... And you didn't even kill him before he raped him. It sounds like not. Yeah. This is not just philosophical, academic, intellectual. This is a real thing down under now. As I mentioned, in the unpronounceable city of Melbourne, Australia. Uh, this wasn't just... Uh, this wasn't... This wasn't... Uh, some kind of made up thing. This guy actually followed my sarcastic logic and he raped a guy in self-defense. So Clay Holland is 32 years old and he was convicted in March and sentenced at the end of August to eight years in prison in the death of Shane Cox. Shane Cox broke into an apartment in which Holland was staying. Sounds like it was Holland's friend's house or something wielding a knife and wearing a mask and Cox demanded money and drugs. He was apparently high on meth at the time. <laughs> And that's when Clay Holland beat his ass with a baseball bat. And when Cox was incapacitated by the beating, Holland then raped him. Specifically, Cox was hogtied, his mouth was duct taped, and his pants were pulled down to his upper thighs when police discovered his body. Yes, his body. Use your imagination on what exactly happened there. But Cox died from the encounter. Hence, both manslaughter and rape charges for holland clay holland now i'm not clear based on this coverage if it was the bat or the rape that killed him or both perhaps it was rape with the bat that did it Ooh, but broke into the wrong house cox was convicted of rape and rape only acquitted for manslaughter presumably for the reasons that you described he was justified in stopping the threat not justified in uh, teaching the lesson after the threat was stopped so 
There's the answer to your question, at least under Aussie law. No, you cannot rape in self-defense. You have any other thoughts on that? No, I think this is great. He thought he was going to get some meth, but he actually broke into a meth-addicted homosexual man's house who raped him and then beat him to death. That's how the tables were turned. He beat him and then raped him to death, is what it sounds like. Uh, well, that and, and you you accuse him of being a homosexual. Now there's this this entirely new debate. Does it count as gay if it's purely punitive? Yes. <laughs> All right. I'll grant. I mean, pull off his fingernails with pliers or whatever. You don't have to put it in his butt. Good lord. <laughs> what is it? What if it was just the bat? Is it gay if it's just no. the bat? No amount of sodomy is not gay. <laughs> okay, we will uh, move on. You're acting queer. Uh, what happened with the New Mexico governor? She's still not T and F'd, I see, but uh, she has made some adjustments to her no carrying guns in Albuquerque order. I don't know if it has anything to do with this Gun Owners of America restraining order, but they secured a temporary restraining order against um, Grisham's ban on concealed carry. So for now, the restraining order is an oral order, but on Friday she narrowed the scope of this ban to um, just parks and playgrounds, which still sucks because there's a lot of park national park in, in um, New Mexico. There are like a ton, like thousands and thousands, millions of acres, probably. No, not national, not national park, but maybe uh, national forest. Does it cover national forest? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then well, wait, she doesn't have jurisdiction over that. That's a fed thing. Oh, really? Maybe it's state. Oh, parks. Right. It must okay, be state. Then it parks. would just be like parks. Like local parks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably no matter. It's unconstitutional. It's bullshit still. But I don't even know if this was a reaction from um, from the restraining order. It might just be because this has been so wildly unpopular and no one is enforcing. Yeah. I, well, I wonder, too, if GOA or whoever else was challenging this, if they just bring another one back on this modified order, will they get the same restraining order in federal court? They might. Yeah. Uh, she is just instead of it being just albuquerque or the surrounding county she says well now it's it's parks and playgrounds i mean okay you're still gonna have to have the courts define what the boundaries of public spaces are because remember Mm -hmm. the bruin uh in the bruin decision last year the supreme court said in general you have a constitutional right to carry a gun in public yeah so the states are going to push back on what counts as a public space that you can restrict or a sensitive area but just a park in general like I'm walking mm-hmm. around the state park. Uh, why is that yes. sensitive? Yeah. Uh, who knows? It's just she's just trying to claim places that she's juris- jurisdiction over as a state official. That's all. Anyway, I okay. forgot to look up if they found out who did that shooting of the. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to talk about the boring terms of this impeachment impeachment for a second. If you want to see if you can find them. Of course. All right. Well, I move into the 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 boring details of impeachment before we talk about some of the funny reactions. We'll get nothing. details on who exactly shot that kid in Albuquerque in a moment if Plon can find them. Nothing? Yeah. Okay. Well, on Tuesday, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy made the formal announcement. He has directed House uh, three House uh, committee chairs, J- uh, James Comer of Oversight, Jim Jordan of Judiciary, and Jason Smith of Ways and Means to begin an impeachment inquiry against President Biden. By the way, do you prefer inquiry or inquiry? Inquiry. I, I'm not a monster. Inquiry, and Who? I just who's saying that? Everybody in these clips that I'm hearing, like uh, I'm pretty sure McCarthy himself says it, and then in all the reactions, inquiry. No, I'm not. I'm not doing that. 
Okay, good. But the investigation will focus on whether Biden benefited from his son Hunter's business dealings. McCarthy described the allegations of, uh, in general, abusive power, obstruction, and corruption. So one might ask, well, what's the difference between this impeachment inquiry and the existing House investigations into Biden corruption. Well, it's really formalities. McCarthy says the, the formalization of the impeachment inquiry will give House investigators broader subpoena power, though for reasons we'll discuss in a minute, that's not necessarily guaranteed legally. There are some legal questions surrounding how this was handled, but it's also just part of the process. So this would be the investigation stage that precedes charges the findings of this investigation would substantiate charges. Those charges would go through committee before a full House vote. If passed, the trial on those charges would then be held in the Senate, where it is a virtual guarantee that Biden would not be convicted and removed from office since Democrats control the chamber by a Kamala Harris tiebreaker. And there's a two-thirds vote needed to remove an impeached president anyway. So, of course, um, the practical reality here is that it's not going to lead to the removal of Biden from office. But that practical reality didn't deter Democrats when they did it twice to Trump within just the last four years on flimsy evidence and made up charges that don't even exist in federal law. So now Democrats are, of course, complaining about such things. It's an unfair process that's motivated by politics, not truth or justice. Corrine Jean-Pierre was at the White House podium this week and said that this inquiry is politically motivated. It's done mm. only to hurt Biden politically. Well, I, for one, cannot believe it. Here's what she uh, had to say. Again, it's a political stunt, uh, and it is going after the president politically, uh, not about the truth. There is no truth here. Hmm. Uh, as opposed to what? The. Uh, yeah. The two-time impeachments of Trump that didn't even bother to cite a law on the books? If there was no citation of an existing crime, what motivated those impeachments, if not politics, Kareen? Uh, Chuck Schumer even stole Trump's word. So Schumer said, the American people want Congress to work on real issues, not made-up witch hunts. I think the impeachment inquiry is absurd. The American people want us to do something that will make their lives better, not go off on these chases and uh, witch hunts. Oh, my God, his face. <laughs> uh, so I guess public opinion has shifted dramatically in just a few years. Four years ago, the American people were saying, no, we, we actually want Congress to impeach and impeach and impeach. We don't care about anything else now. They're saying the opposite. Please never do an impeachment, please. Yes, Chuck Schumer, work more on the issues. You've helped us so much. You've helped better our lives with your inflation and your open borders and all the problems that you create. Chuck Schumer, please cite one thing that you guys working in Congress have done to better the lives of the average American. I'm sure he would cite those things. Well, actually, we've reduced inflation through the Inflation Reduction Act and actually Border encounters are down because we really stopped counting them. That kind of stuff. Uh, as far as improving people's lives, actually, there's probably no single easier way to uh, to prom to prompt some immediate improvement than just removing Biden from office. Like if you just if you just delete his presidency, you're going to get improvement by default. You don't even have to do anything active. Just get rid of him. Yeah. Uh, Nancy Pelosi says, hey, don't blame me, guys. She was on MSNBC and she's and uh, 
She was asked, hey, didn't you set this precedent to impeach at will? Well, she's offended by the comparison because she was very careful and thoughtful about how she did it. Speaker McCarthy made the argument the other day that, well, Nancy Pelosi set this precedent. He said you made the rules and he's just following them now by not holding this initial vote for an impeachment inquiry. What do you say to that? I say that that's hogwash. I mean, it's ridiculous. And I don't know why the press keeps repeating it. This is a big deal, an impeachment. You have to do it with care and not on impulse. Don't blame it on me. Just take responsibility for what you are doing there and don't misrepresent the care that we took, the respect that we had for the institution to go forward in a way (laughs) that really addressed the high crimes and misdemeanors of Donald Trump. What a fucking bitch. It's because we have integrity for the institution of the presidency. I don't know why they keep repeating this point that I'm the one who started it. Well, first of all, as though... uh, Anybody in media is doing anything other than protecting Biden, at least in you know for for the vast majority of news outlets. But maybe the fact, uh, maybe the reason why people are saying it is because you actually did it. Maybe it yeah. is because you started. At no point is she describing how McCarthy actually deviated from her process. Now, the point that we'll get to in a moment, McCarthy didn't hold a vote to initiate this, and that may have some implications. She tries to differentiate. Her doing that herself by saying, yeah, but I did hold a vote like six weeks after the fact. Okay, but McCarthy's going to have the same opportunity a month from now, six weeks from now. She has no differentiation from what McCarthy is doing other than I did it with dignity and grace and honor. (laughs) Okay. Well, I mean, okay. I mean, what what does McCarthy have to do? Wear like a Boy Scout sash to establish honor while he's doing this? Uh, Whatever. Um... John Fetterman, John Fetterman just really pointed and laughed. And I actually have the most respect for John Fetterman's response, at least out of this group. It was just mockery. Asking about this news that uh, Speaker McCarthy has formally launched an impeachment inquiry, has said he's going to. Oh, my God, really? Oh, my gosh. You know, oh, it's devastating. (laughs) Ooh, don't do it. Please don't do it. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's actually Stabbers. what he says when someone asks him to wear pants. Oh, no, please. Yeah, really. oh, no. Please don't make me do it. Uh, staffers have the worst job trying to rein in all of these people, all these politicians. Like, yeah. stop acting like an asshole. Uh, yeah. I, the thing about Fetterman there. Well, I, I mentioned this on Wednesday. Is he actually funny or is that just actual retardation on display? That's what makes that clip hard to tell. so enjoyable, too. I don't know what I'm watching. But at least uh, Fetterman's not trying to make this impossible argument about how it was okay when they did it, but not okay this time. He's just doing the mockery and saying, yeah, who cares? It won't amount to shit. And you know what? There's a pretty good chance that he's right for a whole number. I I don't like to hand Fetterman a point here, but the odds of Fetterman being correct with that mockery, at least even, maybe higher. So I don't know. Tonight's a weird night where I guess I'm finding criticism of people I usually like and appreciation for people I don't. But uh, I don't know. Fetterman might be right on this one. I at least have respect for the mockery. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, So maybe not good for him. That mustache is pretty bad, but I don't know. Maybe the mustache tattoos that are just tragic. (laughs) So 
before we get to the problems for McCarthy, there are some. There's also the, the the media narrative. The recurring media line is no evidence implicating Joe Biden or the actions of his son. But even that narrative is maybe starting to crack a little bit, or at least you can see the narrative changing, kind of like when they change the definition of what a recession is and they adjust things over time as more information becomes available. But some remain committed to the line, no evidence. So this morning on ABC's This Week, host John Carl kept telling Congresswoman Nancy Mace, there's no evidence, interrupting her while she's listing the evidence to him. Was this premature uh, going all the way with an impeachment inquiry? I don't believe so. The facts are everywhere. There are text messages. There are emails. There are witnesses. There are whistleblowers. There are meetings. There are phone calls. There are dinners. And you can't say, hey, there's a little bit of smoke. We're not going to follow the fire. We are talking about bribery. And in the Constitution, I mean, Article 2, Section 4, I mean, that no, is the basis there, there's, for impeachment. There, there's no evidence of bribery. Uh, it, there are witnesses. I mean, there's the a 1023 and, form. There are, um, you know. And, and, and you've been investigating. I mean, you're, you're on the oversight. There team. is evidence. But I you mean, can't say that there's no evidence there when there is evidence. And quite frankly. There's no evidence it was the It was Biden. the fourth. <laughs> he just kept saying the same thing over and over. No. So, uh, points of fact for Mr. Carl, uh, by the way, she is right. Uh, her constitutional citation, not just her claim about the evidence, but her constitutional citation, we could talk about what qualifies as a high crime and misdemeanor as it related to Trump and the Ukraine thing and his January 6th stuff. This could not be constitutionally clearer. Bribery per article two, section four of the constitution is explicitly an impeachable offense. It's right there. And so Yes, there is evidence of bribery, by the way, as Nancy, Ma- uh, Nancy Mace is describing in July. Of course, we've discussed it previously. Um, Chuck Schumer or Chuck Grassley, rather, the other Senate Chuck, Chuck Grassley, released an FBI report from a trusted confidential human source who has worked with the FBI for decades, alleging Burisma executives told him they paid Joe and Hunter five million dollars each to remove Viktor Shokin, the Ukrainian prosecutor who was investigating Burisma on whose board Hunter sat during Joe Biden's time as vice president. And then the firing, of course, actually happened. Biden told the Ukrainian government they wouldn't get their U.S. aid unless Shokin was fired. Excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry. And as Biden famously described, son of a bitch, he got fired. And yes, that evidence does tie Joe Biden directly to the business dealings of his son and the use of government power for personal enrichment. So you may say that that evidence is merely a claim that needs more evidence. Sure, but it is evidence to say there is no evidence is to deny witness testimony from a trusted FBI source, trusted for yeah. decades. No evidence is just a flat out lie. Yeah. So NBC might be softening it to uh, no direct evidence. It's not no evidence anymore. Yeah. Now it's no direct evidence of Joe Biden involvement. House Republicans are investigating whether President Biden profited off the foreign business dealings of his son Hunter and other family members, but have not yet found any direct evidence. Okay, so now now no direct evidence is the uh, the change in the claim here. Um, First of all, though, witness testimony from Burisma executives would be direct evidence if you had that. You could go find and talk to those Burisma executives. Granted, the FBI form isn't quite that it's it's a 
Uh, witnesses told a guy who told us. That's what that is. Mm-hmm. So not quite direct. I'll grant your point there. But indirect evidence is still evidence. A blood stain on a guy's T-shirt. Not direct evidence of committing a murder. Pretty compelling circumstantial evidence, though. And if you, if you find a guy who's accused of murder and uh, and the guy who was murdered was killed with a knife. You find a guy who was murdered with a knife. Let me start over. You find a guy murdered with a knife. You find a guy with a stain of a uh, blood stain on his shirt and holding a knife. Uh, you, you wouldn't say, well, there's no direct evidence that he killed a guy. You'd say, hmm, that's a, yeah, that's odd. Looks we like. should, we might investigate that a little more. <clears throat> uh, so, and by the way, on, on non-direct evidence or circumstantial evidence, we convict commonly. There are convictions on circumstantial evidence alone. It's just a question of whether that evidence clears the bar of, uh, of, of beyond a reasonable doubt. And by the way, that's just one piece of the evidence. The non-evidence, as John Carl would, would say it is. Uh, it's not just what the FBI informant said, though to me personally, I find that to be some of the most compelling evidence. But it is a guy saying he heard someone tell him this. If you're not a fan of that, well, there's evidence of all the money flowing through the Biden bank accounts without any explanation for it. It's Hunter Biden texting and emailing that the big guy gets 10%. It's Hunter texting his daughter that he pays Joe half his money or pays half his bills. It's Hunter text, uh, texting a Chinese business executive. Hey, my dad is sitting right over here and you better give us our money or he's going to beat you up because he's done a lot of push-ups lately. These are all the pieces of evidence that John Carl says do not exist. And, and all of those connect Joe Biden directly. There's a mountain of evidence beyond just that. Uh, you got Devin Archer's testimony that Joe Biden was the brand that Hunter Biden was selling. No evidence. No evidence. But uh, that's not to say that McCarthy has an easy process here because he doesn't. Uh, he um, he notably did not have a vote to initiate this impeachment inquiry, uh, which may or may not, in fact, be legally square. It's, it's the, the question... On whether that is uh, is legal is still that's yet to be adjudicated. Uh, but the but why would Kevin McCarthy opt not to have a vote when he had previously said as of 11 days ago, I would never launch such a thing without a vote. That's what Nancy Pelosi did. And that was bad. Well, he's now changed his mind. or the, I guess it was more like two weeks ago. But uh, he said that as of two weeks ago, he's now changed his mind. He's done exactly that. He started started an impeachment inquiry without a full House vote. Well, that would imply that he doesn't have the support or the votes necessary to actually do it. Uh, so, and the, and the reason this matters too is not just like, oh, McCarthy's a hypocrite. This may have legal consequences. So in January 2020, after the first Trump impeachment, Donald Trump's DOJ issued a binding opinion that House impeachment inquiries are legally invalid unless the chamber takes a formal vote to authorize them. And it remains on the books and it apparently carries legal force. Now, courts could say otherwise upon legal challenge. This could this could get challenged in courts and the courts could say that's nonsense. The House Speaker could initiate an impeachment inquiry anytime he wants. No problem. But it's still a potential problem for McCarthy. Number one, it'll be very politically awkward for McCarthy now to say that Trump's DOJ opinion was wrong, actually. Number two, um, well, if... If this doesn't go McCarthy's way, there's actually no guarantee that the courts agree with McCarthy's new stance. So the courts may say that Trump's DOJ was right and a formal vote is necessary for the process to be legal. If he's in that situation, then he's going to have to actually put up this vote that he might not have. That makes this a political and legal gamble for McCarthy. So why not have the vote? That's the big question. 
if he uh, previously said that the vote was necessary and now he's reversed, it implies he doesn't have the votes. McCarthy can only lose four votes and hold a majority. And there have already been Republican congressmen like Ken Buck in Colorado voicing opposition to this move. Uh, His reasoning, as far as I've read, is just it was wrong when Nancy Pelosi did it. It's wrong when Kevin McCarthy is doing it now. I'm not going to support such a thing. I personally wouldn't agree with it because I think that the nature of the allegations here are much more constitutionally sound than they were the last time around. But okay, fine. He thinks that this is not a well-substantiated impeachment inquiry. Okay. As a practical matter, that makes it harder for McCarthy. Um, So McCarthy, to the extent one would assume he doesn't have the votes today, so he avoids the vote for now, he appears to be betting that he'll persuade those Republican holdouts with the evidence that this inquiry discovers. But what if he doesn't? What if he launches the investigation and he fails to secure those votes after the fact? Well, then the political gamble is he went through this whole show for nothing and suffers the embarrassment of not actually getting the charges from the House to even bring to the Senate in the first place. So a lot of people are saying McCarthy is doing this as a gesture to the more right wing members of the Republican Party who are making all sorts of demands of him as the uh, the uh, the uh, the federal budget battle ensues and trying to get all sorts of gestures from him uh, because they feel like he they ha- he uh, he has not fulfilled his commitment to the Freedom Caucus and others. So McCarthy, even though I think the the investigation into Biden is fully justified, McCarthy is in a major political and legal pickle now with how to navigate this. And if I was a betting man, I would bet for impossible embarrassment for the Republican Party. That's that's seriously how oh, I, yeah. I think the outcome would be. They could find compelling evidence. And everybody knows that Joe Biden is completely corrupt and has committed the bribery that the Constitution itself says is impeachable. And they'll fail to secure the votes due to their own incompetence or Democrat apologism or whatever else. I wish I had a I wish I had a more uh, optimistic prediction about how this is going to go. But I think Fetterman's right. I hate to say it, but I think Fetterman is correct. <laughs> Probably. <sighs> God damn what is, it, what does everybody expect to happen here? Well, I think what the, I think the, the highest expectation you can have is uh, that the House brings the charges and then you have to watch Democrats in the Senate put them on record voting to acquit him and then you campaign on that in the next uh, election cycle that's what you hope for but there's a real risk of doing the whole investigation and then becoming a laughing stock by your own party shooting down yeah, yeah. your investigation and that's going to be a major problem if that's the way that it goes politically speaking there'll be I a joke but they're i guess they already a joke so realistically anticipates this is going to accomplish anything tangible right right i mean other than um I mean, people act like it's some sort of um, unspoken point that there's political retribution involved here. I I don't hide that at all. No, these are the rules that Democrats set for a a country that is healthy and in good shape. Of course, I don't want every president impeached. But if you guys set these rules, if you guys insist on punching people in the face, I say good at this point. Punch them back twice as hard so that they think twice about it. Maybe next time. Mm -hmm. Uh the idea of political retribution being the aim here and just having the claim of, well, Joe Biden's an impeached president, too, for campaign purposes. I I don't think that's a secret point. I think that's a perfectly valid point. You guys made this a political weapon. Any opposition to you would be foolish not to use that weapon just the same. So, of course, there's political retribution. You guys set up the need for it. 
that's the best that you can hope for. <laughs> and Oh, man, I just I don't want Fetterman to be right. But I think he might be. All right. But anything kind of I understand why he got elected, because you also kind of want him to. To win one, you know, like he's just such a bummer to look at that. You're like, oh, it's a pity vote just... for John Fetterman. So well, what think? else is there? He's not well, competent. I, I would say he's that like there's an actual giant retard. Uh, yeah, but he has a D next to his name. And so you can hustle those ballots very easily in the spots that you need to hustle them. I know it's hard not to feel sorry for him. Um, this might be a pregnancy thing. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I feel sorry for him insofar as if he had his way, he would strip me of my most basic rights. So, uh, yeah. sorry is the wrong word. Um, and I also don't want the, the Senate to be like a charity operation, you know, like, Oh, you've had it tough. So here you go. Exercise some extreme power over others. Yeah, but I, I find that uh, less morally offensive than this nepotism Olympics we have going on. Hmm. All right. Uh, John Fetterman, the path to the future. You heard it here. <laughs> Help us, John. You're our only hope. No, fuck uh, that guy. I, this is pregnancy <laughs> talking. This is I get this, right. this, this bout of empathy. It's a disaster. I remember it last time around. You're right. Uh, I we love need Lizzo. Speaks oh, to th me. That's right. That was, that was the Lizzo time. Uh, we'll take a break there. We'll get to the Hunter Biden gun charges after that. And more importantly, um, well, I don't know if it's more important, but certainly more salaciously, the Russell brand accusations after that as well. But let's catch up with our chatters uh, over on rumble. Yakko 1977 says it's ironic that the night vision footage of rep Bobert getting handsy on her date gets released Within the same day, they can't, uh, but they can't find footage of who brought cocaine into the White House or Epstein's client list. That is exactly, uh, I saw a tweet about exactly that and I saved it for when we discussed this because I'm not a fan of how Bobert has acted here for reasons X, Y, and Z, but I got to notice that when you need evidence to smear a Republican, maybe smear is the wrong word. She, I think she did some shit. I think it's bad stuff, to be honest. But uh, when you need evidence to damage a republican right away in a hurry when you need evidence yeah. for any other purpose uh, it's gone missing cameras were off who knows yeah. nikki 941 do you think the ban hammer will be dropped on independent creators ahead of the election they are pulling all out uh they are pulling out all of the stops why not this one camelot just got banned on a few platforms yeah I, the trajectory is what it is i think that uh i think the only saving grace i do think places like rumble have shown uh, a lot of viability. Yeah. And I know people have their complaints with rumble and I have some myself in terms of its features or even in terms of some of the censorship actions they've taken previously. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I do think there are viable places that are mostly safe. So honestly, like if YouTube banned us tomorrow, I would not be happy about that, obviously, but I wouldn't consider it. I think we'd the, be okay. I wouldn't consider it devastating in the way it probably would have been three years ago, something like that. It would have destroyed our show. And now every month, I think I asked you last week, like our, our viewership on YouTube is going down and down, but our income remains the same. Is it, are we supplementing uh, on rumble? And I think that, that we are, I mean, how much viewership are we getting on rumble? It's a pretty YouTube? even split of viewers on YouTube and rumble now. And then it's That's great. Yeah. So if we got nuked right now, we still would be getting 50% of the viewership that we get. Uh, yeah. Well, and I think a lot of that YouTube audience I hope would come over, but uh, yeah, 
Awesome. You know, I mean, I do miss the old YouTube days where it was like that was the place and everybody came together and there wasn't a split in the audience where some people are over here and some people are over there. But who do we have to blame for that? But YouTube. I mean, that's YouTube's mm-hmm. choice. If they've decided, like, we want to be hostile to shows like yours in any number of ways, you can't be sad when you kind of slowly transition people away from that and onto another platform. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm, I, I'm not worried about the the big tech the big players of big tech, if they swing their axes, they're not as powerful now as they were only a few years ago. Uh, yeah. Dick Boner. Great name. Cheryl Atkinson full measure just did an episode, the COVID clots. She has a doctor working on the clots on it's the spike protein from the jab and COVID. I'd, I'd motorboat Bobert's trailer titties. Well, thank you for that announcement. I appreciate that. That's probably how he got his dick boner actually. Uh, I'll have to check that out. Cheryl Atkinson, I think, generally does pretty good work. So uh, I will certainly, uh, I'd like to see that episode. Okay, uh, we're good on, actually, I have a couple on Odyssey, but let's come sure. back to Odyssey. And actually, I forgot we we missed a Robin D. Banks chat last week. Is that in the notes? Sorry. It's top of the notes. Uh, I got it right here. Oh, okay. She said, at Knuckle Hunky Buck, this is from last Sunday, Oh, Knuckle Hunky Buck and I once made love Chinese style. He appreciated my mouse ear hairdo, said it made good handlebars. Confucius say, not every man who fill. Ooh. Oh, God, I'm so glad I'm not reading this. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, that <laughs> you, don't have, you, don't, you don't have to do this. Um, that. Uh, oh, my God, bro. Well, it's a joke about bakers and pies and insert your own sexual metaphor into that scenario. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a father of young children. Robin. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a husband to a, to a woman of strong moral character. Gross. Thank you, Robin. Oh, Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Let's go over to YouTube and uh, tippy and I'll come back to see here. Good evening, my pale riggers. Can't wait for Hunter to claim the second. Uh, in an effort to own the libs, the big guy is going to throw a hissy fit and up the fee from 10 to 50%. We'll talk about it. Uh, we'll yeah. Talk about it. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, yeah, the, we're going to talk Hunter Biden after the break here, but uh, I can't wait for that Second Amendment defense. It's going to be great. Stumble leaner says have fun japan in japan brand in the belly of the beast <laughs> wait what's the i read it as brew the what's, brew. The, I don't know. what's that I about assume that's what he means right yeah i guess thank you i, thank I will you. do my best um oh, oh my tailbone okay i bought pn no no thank you sir thank you i bought i am um, not gonna be niggardly regarding wednesday video if I were to use my two-way rights in order to violate any of the rights of the White House staff, I suspect that they wouldn't just file a suit. To tell me that, I just have to knock it off. Uh, yeah, knock well, off, that, sorry. that the way that case has been developing, that Missouri v. Biden, we have now we have the district court and the appeals court now saying, uh, yeah, it looks like they violated the First Amendment by coordinated with, coordinating with social media companies to ban stuff they don't like for merely opinion. They really need to stop doing that. Yeah. Um, you're right that the, the solution to that is not at least in, in, in full, it is not just like, Hey, please, you know, please cut that out. No, no, you are violating your oaths, uh, your oaths of office. You are violating the first amendment. You have no respect for the rights of the people. 
You're doing it intentionally to the extent that you keep doing it and you keep appealing. That's the thing about this, too. It's like the courts are saying, hey, this violates the First Amendment instead of the Biden administration saying, holy cow, that we weren't trying to do that. We respect the Constitution. We respect the First Amendment. We will abide by this order. No, they appeal it. It's like, no, it's very important that we have meetings with Facebook to tell them what to ban. Yeah. And they, they might exactly. take it to the Supreme Court. Uh, in fact, I think they're right up against the deadline on that. So um, we need uh, stronger solutions uh, for the Albuquerque mayor, too. Or the, the New Mexico governor, not the Albuquerque mayor. The mayor, I think, came out and said, no, that's stupid. We're not doing that. You're fucking something. Uh, yeah. Um, These people are criminals. Jeff- straight up. Jonathan Prezius, I, we talked about this last week, and then I immediately forgot to watch it. Oh, yeah. Have you seen it? So so please tell me you guys got to see the new app commercial. I've been waiting for this all week. I uh, Should did we not. put it on? I, I did not. I did not. Oh, are we going to get... Um, I, I would hesitate to play it just unprompted like, without clearing it, because yeah. I don't know what copyrighted material might be in there. And then yeah, I'll try Raja to watch Mohan it. I will try to commit this to memory. I'm so sorry. Robin D. Banks. Um, I think I heard about it. This was the one where they had Mother Earth, like a black woman played Mother Earth and then went to lecture the Apple board about how to build their phones or something like that. Is it for, oh, no, news. I didn't, that's all I know. I only know that surface level thing about it, so. Yes, it's um, Apple's Mother Nature app. Interesting. Hmm. Um, Thank you, John. We have to use Apple products. I'm still so sucked in. Have you been noticing some built-in obsolescence on some of your Apple products? I just oh, got a new course. phone like a year ago, yeah. and I'm like, why is this dog shit? It's I'm something. still making a phone from 2019 work, though. It's uh, it's chugging along. They really get you. I sell cat litter. If Hunter goes free, this could be a great defeat in the 1934 and 1968 Gun Control Acts, making all anti-gun laws null and void, make getting machine guns ordered by mail great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if, if Hunter Biden inadvertently achieves that, I will, uh, I will, I, I guess I'll have to celebrate him too. Just like John Fetterman. It'll be a great day. Come on, man. Killer Manjaro that came through twice. Let us know if you want us to send some of that money's back. Matt and I once made love Timberline. Wait. Robin, oh yeah. I have a blank one from killer Man- killer Manjaro, but Robin. So yeah. Okay. Um, Timberline ain't the only thing tingling his bowels. Seriously <laughs> though, you should buy some. Don't know what it is, but nothing says come hither like the smell of pine. I was reading our reviews on um, that's a big game, the man. Soap website, and they're so funny. I don't know why I used to think that sponsorship was so lame, but now I'm like so proud. <laughs> because of the so gay soap, I've been converted. No, I think because um, I resisted that in the early years of the show, too. And to some extent, I still do. But the reason I'm glad I've changed my mind a little bit in addition to just helping small businesses that are part of the audience, of course, is that when you are, when you are intentionally selecting people who are part of the audience, it's going to kind of become a meme of the show in that way too. So that's been a lot of fun. And I think, I don't think you get that. You don't even think about this when you put menthol on the soap. You don't even think about, um, I, I, you know, I'm just like Trump saying, uh, that he had no idea that that Fauci got awarded that I, I I the super chat is the super chat so of course I had some concept of that but did I think automatically they're going to make ball and butthole jokes not really I actually just like the 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 cooling menthol soap that Hero already had they had this one called Cool that was a peppermint scent and it had the menthol in it and I just like that effect in a shower like hot shower cold soap 
feels really good. So you did use, you have been using it on your balls. Well, you got a man has to clean what he has to clean. Does he not? Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's not really a meme, is it? No. I mean, there's some practical truth to it. Yeah. Oh, interesting. All right. We'll circle back. Okay. Uh, actually, let me get one more on Odyssey before I neglect that one. Rowdy dude says, Konichiwa, N-words. It was Andrew <laughs> Johnson that was impeached. He didn't support protections for newly freed farming equipment. <laughs> I didn't know what his offense was. But I, I yeah, it was uh, Andrew Johnson back in the 18-whatevers that uh, got impeached. Anyway, thank you for the history lesson. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. We'll come back to your chats at the end of the your show. The stupid thing is me all paranoid about pulmonary embolism now. <laughs> I mean, I have to get up and walk around every hour on the plane ride, but I am pregnant. You know, this is a problem with pregnant women. Yeah. I got weird. diagnosed with DVT in pregnancy. Don't forget. Oh, that's right. So <laughs> yeah. you did know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was a little nervous on the plane rides and just so people understand, because I did have some people concerned about that too. And again, I appreciate your concern. I appreciate everyone's well-wishing. I did ask the doctors explicitly about travel because I've had to travel twice in the last two weeks uh, on planes. And they said that, that that should be fine. It's really more of a matter of, it's a, it's a risk factor for developing the clots rather than um, when they're already established, like they were in my case. So yeah, I mean, the airplane stuff, you're going to be on a monster plane ride. For me, I was on a couple hour plane rides. So That's it. It's nine hours. It's not so bad. That's really long, though. You definitely want to move. Yeah. But uh, anyway, let's get into Hunter and his gun charges. So as discussed last week and as expected, special counsel David Weiss on Thursday secured an indictment against Hunter Biden. There are three charges all relating to Hunter's 2018 acquisition and disposal of a gun. And I mean actual disposal in a dumpster. Don't forget. The first count is lying on a federal firearms transfer form. Hunter said he was not a drug user at the time. Statements he has made elsewhere say otherwise. The second count is lying to the federally licensed gun dealer from whom he bought the gun in Wilmington, Delaware, saying he was not a drug user at the time. And the third count is illegally possessing the gun as a drug user. So Hunter Biden possessed this gun for 11 days before Hallie Biden... Who's Hallie Biden? Oh, right. That's Hunter's brother, Bo's widow, with whom Hunter was having apparently very weird sex at the time. He's getting the old Lauren Boebert treatment with his dead brother's ex-wife or wife, however you want to phrase that. Whatever's going on there. Hallie Biden threw this gun into the dumpster by a school. And somehow that's there are no federal crimes for that seems like a thing the feds would want to criminalize, but apparently that's not, uh, there are no federal implications there and they lost it too. They went back to retrieve the gun later and it was gone. So I, as far as I'm aware, nobody knows what happened. It's, yeah. it's often some dumpster somewhere. And those kids who scavenge dumpsters looking for scraps, they're going to stumble upon yeah. Hunter Biden's gun. Ugh. Anyway, so that's uh, those are the charges. Hunter's lawyer responds. Uh, he, he responded uh, on, on Thursday and he said. Uh, These are unique charges. His name is Abe Lowell. I think it's Abe, at least a B B E said it's a unique and unjustified charge. Hunter owned an unloaded gun for 11 days. There's never been a charge like that ever brought in the United States, which is a nonsense statement unlawful firearm possession by a prohibited person is a commonly charged federal crime lying on the form where they find it is a commonly charged federal crime. The fact that the gun was unloaded 
And again, just just to be clear, I'm not arguing these laws are good necessarily. I'm arguing the letter of the federal law and his lawyer saying that this is some some crazy thing that should have never been brought. The fact that the the gun was unloaded is irrelevant to the law. Yeah, it doesn't matter. If you're a prohibited person, you you don't have a defense in there was no ammo in in the magazine or in the chamber. Well, it doesn't matter. That's not what the law says. Um and then uh it, it doesn't the the amount of time doesn't matter either. It doesn't matter if Hunter Biden as a prohibited person had the gun for a day or 11 days or 11 months or 11 years. He possessed it. Possession for an hour is, technically speaking, a federal crime. So, as was referenced in the chat and discussed a little bit last week, can't wait for Hunter Biden to make that strong Second Amendment defense in court. It's going to be hilarious. But the real question is, what are they doing here? Um, what is the intent here? And is the is um, are we supposed to believe they're going after Hunter Biden on any? Uh, honest terms because the question is why bring the charges on the small thing that nobody really cares about while ignoring the financial dealings yeah. uh, that are the real substance and one could conclude for exactly that reason charging hunter on the ticky tack stuff allows them to say that they're investigating him generally while buying time before the election until the totally. statute of limitations runs out but uh, important note on what's going on here too most of the alleged hunter biden financial and tax crimes happened through 2018 and we have a six-year statute of limitations, six-year window on that. So it it apparently is this year and the next that are really it as far as Hunter Biden's financial crimes for prosecution eligibility. And as House Oversight Committee uh, Chairman James Comer said this week, it is notable the only crime they're charging Hunter with, at least so far, is the one that has no plausible connection to <laughs> Joe Biden. Right. You should observe that. Of course. So they can throw this one out there and save face and say they're looking into him while protecting Joe the whole time. It makes sense if you think about it in that framework. But you know who the real victim is here in all of this? It's not Hunter Biden who's being unfairly prosecuted, according to his lawyer. It's not the American people who have been ripped off by the Biden family for decades at this point. The victim is the FBI, of course. <laughs> This week, DOJ prosecutors and FBI agents working on the Hunter Biden case say they have been targeted by threats and harassment from people who think they haven't been tough enough on Hunter. This according to congressional testimony that happened in June obtained by NBC News. Now, the threats have prompted the FBI to create a standalone unit to investigate and mitigate these threats. The executive assistant HR director for the FBI could get the, the FBI's HR lady says that this team of FBI agents to protect the FBI will be about 10 people. No specifics I've seen about what these threats actually are. I guess they got the one guy in Utah, though. That's one threat down. They went and took care of him with lethal force, that old man who could hardly walk. So they're hard at work already. Right on cue, disgraced former agent Peter Strzok of Russiagate fame said on MSNBC, well, this is exactly what we need. What we need is special FBI units to protect the FBI. Now, where the hell's my... I don't have my... I don't have my struck... I thought I had it in here. I don't even have the clip. Uh-oh. Ah, production error. Stupid me. Well, uh, what's the quote? What's the quote from Peter Strzok? Oversight error. My fault. Um... Dude. Jeopardy music? Jeopardy music? 
Yeah, we have stood up an entire, uh, let's see, said, <laughs> great, great work here, reading an article as I go to find the exact quote. God damn it. These well, things happen. It's okay. You're doing a great job. This would be a great time for a DVT, so I would have an excuse. I don't have the DVT. exact quote in front of me, but you got Peter Strzok out there saying, yeah, the, the, the essence of his quote was this, that uh, the FBI is under threat from the American people. And in this congressional committee that uh, was the, the NBC story is referencing, senators and congressmen did not appear to be persuaded that there's a real danger to FBI agents. So he couldn't believe that members of Congress are not taking this seriously. So the FBI needs to act on its own behalf and take care of this. In other words, what he's saying is, I don't care what the people or the representatives of the people say. I want to take their money and set up protective agencies for guys like me in power centers in D.C., no matter what the people actually say. In other words, the whole thing was saying that he cares about protecting his power center from the people rather than serving the people. Their opinion is irrelevant. I can't believe the members of Congress don't agree with me. I better take their money to, to establish some security for myself instead of being like, well, I only serve at really at the, uh, at the consent of the people. And if they don't view my job, of course I'm speaking retrospectively here because he's not with the FBI, but if they don't view my job as necessary or productive anymore, they are within their rights to terminate it or alter it. No, this is a guy who thinks he is entitled to control of you rather than serving you uh, to the degree that, that, that you wish. So and that the mentality was a, that the American people aren't the ones that are being, um, you know, scrutinized and unfairly prosecuted by the FBI. That's actually the FBI. Come on. Seriously, <sighs> after January 6th, after all of this shit we've had to deal with, with these alphabet agencies, like making that stand so disgusting. The real victims. Never forget them. Uh, okay, well, let's talk uh, Russell Brand because uh, that really is the scandal of the weekend. Uh, yeah. Through the Sunday Times. That's where the story broke. So four women have come out. Their names, of course, have not been disclosed. And they've accused Brand of sexual misconduct from 2006 to 2013, which was when he was working for the mainstream media. So most of these allegations are kind of no big deal, even as presented. Uh, one woman does claim that Brand raped her. So she was with him for six months. She said that he pushed her against a wall because she didn't want to have sex. And then afterwards, she went to a rape crisis center. And there is medical documentation of this. And then apparently there were some unearthed texts from 2006 where he apologizes to her. No, he just says, I'm sorry. And she says, you know, when a woman says no, she means no. But they continued to date and she didn't file charges. So I kind of don't give a crap, right? It's like the Weinstein stuff. It's like, well, why'd you keep banging this guy? If that's true. Why didn't you go to the police? Which happened in a couple of these cases. Uh, yes. Okay. And then the one that everybody seemed. So somehow um, this is not the most offensive allegation. The one that everybody's really talking about is that he groomed. I hate this term grooming. Like, and on the right, we violate this all the time. If you are talking about somebody getting groomed, you better be talking about like an 11 year old girl or something like that. But this idea that at 30, he was grooming a 16 year old. That was his girlfriend for three months and is the age of consent in the UK. And she was having consensual sex with him. The parents knew about the relationship and everything. It's just so preposterous. It's so preposterous. So I guess the allegation there was that like she didn't want to blow him. And so he just like put his wiener in her mouth. 
And uh, she's like, no, not your winner husband. And then he made her wear some dress. That's right. I think that's how he picked her up was he saw her at the mall and she was shopping and he said, that's the outfit you're going to wear for our date uh, next week or whatever it was. That's that's what's claimed in the story. No, I mean, a a famous sex addict. Even back then, everybody knew like, you know, you know what would stop stop all this from happening if women weren't giant whores? How about that? (laughs) As we've discussed on the Wednesday show, it, it, I, I do have some questions about 30-year-old, 16-year-old relationship, if true. However, I would have to grant the points that you've described. It is this, it is That is legally square in the UK. And there's no allegation that it, that it happened before she reached the age of consent. According to the story, the parents were aware. And of course, if you're over the age of consent and the parents consent to that relationship... My concerns with it are reduced if the parents are aware and they consent to that sort of thing. Okay, I mean, I guess you can you can still have your disputes with it, but I guess as a legal matter and even as a moral one, a lot of those disputes are minimized by the facts in this case as described by the story itself. And then there's this yeah, part with that uh with that encounter. Now again, she she alleges that as part of their sexual relationship, he forced oral sex upon her at one point. That's what she said. And if that's the case, that it was a rape event on a young girl. Okay. I mean, that's pretty bad, but then there's, then there's this part. You mentioned the other, the other woman going back after the alleged rape and continuing with him. This, she did too. This paragraph buried deep. The relationship ended when brand invited her over one day after the alleged forced encounter. And she arrived to find another woman in his bed. I was so angry. And I said to him, why would you do this to me? This is so humiliating. So he raped your face. But the deal breaker was when you walked in on him raping someone else's face. That that's where he took a stand. I know. I know. I think this is one of those things where he okay, he's banged 5000 women. You have to think that he knows when a no is actually a yes. Women have to say no to you like 10 times before they're like, oh, Okay. Well, even this one whole of the thing accus- of like no means no, 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 very often means there's yes. another accuser, like a, a sub accuser, not even the four main ones, who says in here, I used to work with him. And one day I walked in and he flashed his wiener and suggested that uh, I perform services on him. And I was offended and I stormed out. Later, we began a sexual relationship, though. Why? To the point that you're making. You know, Um, it's not to say like, oh, Russell Brand is this perfectly morally square man. Seems like he'd had a lot of degenerate times, frankly. And as we'll get to with his own response to this, I don't think he much hides that. No, but you got to wonder about it. He's been upfront about I think that that they all came together. They they coalesced because he's just been talking too much about covid. Well, to Um, that point. Yeah, you don't even have to uh, theorize that. Uh, that's part of the story. So yeah. according to the UK Times coverage here, uh, what's the exact language? Um, so the Sunday Times broke the story. According to the story, the women were approached by reporters at the Sunday Times, not the women organized themselves and, and approached the reporters. This is the quote. All, all, as in the accusers, said they felt ready to speak only after being approached by reporters. Several said they felt compelled to do so given Brand's newfound prominence as an online wellness influencer. So number one, they were ready to speak after prep from reporters, admittedly. But number two, I love this phrasing. Well, it was this newfound prominence 
that 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 inspired them to come forward. Really, because he was pretty prominent back when this happened. In fact, that's why you had sex with him is because he was a movie star, I bet. And yeah. then you look at paragraph one of the story. The acu- the accusations stem from the height of his fame. Oh, well, I thought it was his newfound prominence. It sounds like he was pretty prominent for a long time. So what is it yeah. about this prominence that you dispute? Is it the perspectives that he's expressing? Is that what the problem with the prominence is? Is is the nature of the prominence rather than the prominence itself? It, it would uh, seem so. Insane. Well, I don't know what he's going to do. I think we have this clip of um, him responding. responding. Yeah, here is him uh, saying that he, he refutes or denies the accusations in full. This litany of astonishing, rather baroque attacks are some very serious allegations that I absolutely refute. These allegations pertain to the time when I was working in the mainstream, when I was in the newspapers all the time, when I was in the movies. And as I've written about extensively in my books, I was very, very promiscuous. Now, during that time of promiscuity, the relationships I had were absolutely always consensual. I was always transparent about that then, almost too transparent. And I'm being transparent about it now as well. And to see that transparency metastasized into something criminal that I absolutely deny makes me question is there another agenda at play? Yeah, I, th- I think you have to ask that of question. Of course there is, yeah. Um, I-, I was curious, as I mentioned at the top of the show, are charges even possible in this? Well, based on my five minutes of non-qualified legal research, uh, no statute of limitations on rape in California. Same is true for sexual assault. So this this accuser, she calls herself Nadia in the story, though they're all given different names. She's the one who says he straight up raped me and then apologized via text. Okay, you claim you have a medical report, you have text evidence, you have no statute of limitations. You can bring then this why guy have to charges court not been brought tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, likewise for sexual assault, or likewise for the UK rather, rape and sexual assault. Unless I'm missing something, no statute of limitations on those. So these UK accusers could could bring criminal charges, as far as I understand, too. If not criminal, they could do the E. Jean Carroll thing and, you know, a decade later say, oh, he raped me. I don't really remember how or where, but he totally did it in a civil context. The yep. the, the lawsuit, not the rape. The lawsuit is in a civil context. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So why aren't they? And and also uh, just to to be curious about the the nature and the organization of the headlines. There's this clip circulating uh, on Twitter over the weekend. Just note all of the headlines uh, getting together here. The Mirror, brand accused of rape and sex assaults. Sunday People, brand accused of rape. Uh, Another tabloid, Russell Brand raped me. The Observer, brand accused of rape and assault. And of course, the Sunday Times itself accused Russell Brand, the sex predator who hid in plain sight. Okay, now granted, many of these uh, are are gossip or uh, tabloid publications. But even if true, like that's even if they are, that's front page news. Apparently, this is the most important news facing the country at the time, uh, or at least in some kind of entertainment context. Uh, Actor, now Internet commentator accused of decades old sex crimes. That's that's the most important thing for us to consider. Yeah, I mean, uh, society is going to return to chastity one way or another. And um, women being giant whores and accusing men of stuff like this. That's, that's what, if that is what it's going to take for men to <laughs> retain their chastity, then I guess that's that, that. Uh, I mean, yeah. he had to know that something like this was going to happen to him eventually. 
it was a different time then too. I think uh, any man who has any level of fame or notoriety and intends to live a promiscuous life in this way, well, number one, you shouldn't do that for its own sake. You should find the wife and mother of your children. Uh, Which he's done now. Yeah, for all I know, he has. Uh, he had that Katy Perry <laughs> situation. No, he's know. married with children. Okay. Is he still with her? I thought they were divorced, yeah. but oh, well. No, not Katy Perry. I know they are, but I thought the next woman. But I'm, Oh, I'm, he's divorced? I don't know. I might be wrong. I might be wrong about that. Um, but, but yeah, so you shouldn't do that for its own sake, but there's the added layer now where if you have an, a body count that high, someone's going to see a paycheck or an opportunity for personal advancement by accusing you. That's just a reality of it. And that, um, I would say that's an unfortunate negative consequence, but in some ways, I'm not saying Russell Brand deserves this. I don't think he does. I think he is being targeted and treated unfairly, but I do think that it is sort of, an inherent consequence of that promiscuous lifestyle that people should be aware of. That is a risk that you take. Uh, yeah. And so if you, if you, you don't want to involve yourself in such risks like that, definitely don't engage in the behavior. But I think Russell Brand himself would admit to that in retrospect. I think now he would say, yeah, that was uh, those were poor decisions that I was making back then. And he said as much uh, many times on his show, he's been married for six years and his wife is pregnant with her third. Oh, well, there you go. Good for him. You know, he's turned over a new leaf, it seems. We should give him that opportunity. If these women were serious about this, they should have done something back then. I kind of don't want to hear it now, even if true. Uh, Well, I I, I would probably have a lot more respect for it if they showed who they are. Like, they make up names. They don't don't show their faces. They're not willing to stand behind their accusations. It's not just in this context. It's in pretty much any. I understand People have to maintain anonymity to protect all sorts of things. I get why people do it. Bullshit. No, if you were going to make these allegations about something, he can't, he can't retain anonymity. That's true. He doesn't have that luxury. um, Come out and say who you are. And there's just, there's just the truth of the matter that I will always just by default offer more credibility to people who are willing to put their name and face to a claim. Everybody would. So, and it might be bullshit. You know, Christine Blasey Ford did it and it was bullshit, but even Christine Blasey Ford showed her stupid face. She showed up in her Garth from Wayne's world costume and in front of Congress that took, that was more courageous than these chicks so far. Maybe they'll surprise the rest of us. Okay. Well, uh, let's talk, uh, Lauren Boebert in, uh, in, in other sexual scandals. Oh, and I forgot about that Virginia Democrat too. I guess we got several stories here, so I might have to hustle up, but, uh, I hate Lauren Boebert. I hate her. (laughs) I, I'm not, it was tough for me because I, I hate the behavior in this. And, but then I feel like if I go too hard on it, it's like, am I, am I making this into a bigger scandal than it is? Cause this is the kind of thing they want you to focus this on. This does not seem like a huge scandal. We were talking on Skype today though. And like everybody's was all pissed off about her divorce. Her husband was a piece of shit. So I kind of don't care about that. But also I think that they're both just like fundamentally in their bones they're just white trash. They're just fucking hicks. And now it's just, they just couldn't hide it anymore. You know? I'm still not a fan of the way she handled the divorce, even if the accusations against her husband are true, because they were way before the divorce and she accepted them for many years. But that's true. Yeah. Okay. This particular scandal, uh, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert of Colorado has been busted for vaping and other offenses at a touring Broadway show of Beetlejuice in Denver last weekend. Now, Going to That's the, the most embarrassing part of all of this. Thank you. She was at a Broadway show of Beetlejuice. Yeah. Who goes to Beetlejuice musicals? Okay. In That's Denver. the scandal. In Denver. Yeah. 
So Bobert was booted from the event and on Tuesday tweeted that she pleads guilty to laughing and singing out loud. In response to accusations she was vaping in violation of the venue policy, Bobert's campaign denied the accusation. On Wednesday, her campaign said that she was not vaping. In fact, uh, the woman who accused her of vaping was mistaken. That was fog from fog machines involved in the production. Well, then the video was released Thursday, and it shows that was indeed a lie. Not only was Bobert seen vaping, but she was seen doing it despite this pregnant woman's request. The woman who asked her to stop was pregnant behind her. Um, and Bobert was then seen taking flash photos on her phone, disrupting the show. Her new boyfriend guy copped a feel or two, and then she flipped off event security on her way out. The DCPA says she was vaping. Bobert's team denied that, said the haze was from fog machines in the show. That claim goes up in smoke when you see the video. <laughs> the pregnant woman sitting behind Bobert told the Denver Post she asked her to stop vaping, and Bobert refused. Her one-woman show continued, taking flash photos, raising her hands and dancing, often the only one clapping or standing up in the crowd. Bobert occasionally took a break from being disruptive to enjoy the company of her male companion. He briefly had a grasp on the situation before ushers returned and told Bobert she had to leave. The theater's incident report says Bobert pulled the Don't You Know Who I Am card on the way out, giving theater employees the single-finger salute. Yeah, I mean, she's acting like a like a bratty, drunk teenager. And she's 36. She's a 36-year-old grandmother. A 36-year-old grandmother. That, which itself is pretty crazy. I, I forgot about that. That they... She and her now ex-husband or estranged husband had their first kid when she was 18 or something. And now he must be a father, too. There were, as as you mentioned, (sighs) as we mentioned earlier, there were accusations of grabbing that guy's crotch, too. Uh, Yeah, I didn't see that. Even accusations of perhaps some ongoing crotch rubbing. But uh, I didn't see all the footage. So potentially there's more. Um I was going to kind of rip on her for the divorce stuff, but you've already kind of mentioned that. So maybe I don't need to go that far, but it is notable. That is, that is not the father of her children. There's that angle here too, where it's like, lady, you're engaging in this behavior in a public way that your kids are going to be able to see. Like, even if I grant you the privacy of your divorce and saying that you, the divorce that she cited irreconcilable differences for pursuing, by the way, not this allegation that he beat her up, you know, whatever that was 20 years ago or something, mm-hmm. not allegations of infidelity, but that there were just irreconcilable differences. Okay. Even if I grant that you don't have to go subjecting your kids to watch some other guy grab your boob in public. You, you, <laughs> that's not a necessary consequence. Uh, but she issued her, her apology upon all of this new evidence. She says, there's no perfect blueprint for going through a public and difficult divorce which over the past few months has made for a challenging personal time for me and my entire family. I've tried to handle it with strength and grace as best I can, but I simply fell short of my values on Sunday. That's unacceptable. And I'm sorry, but the apology really is owed to her family. First and foremost, I think her kids are owed an apology for such a display. Embarrassing. Yeah. But that's what this is. It's embarrassing, but it's also relatively benign. Like we're about to talk about this, um, Susanna Gibson thing, which is, considerably worse like way yeah. worse if something like this happened on the left they would be like so being so square so being so square uh potentially and we've seen examples of that and they'll probably do it with this lady that you're talking about um 
Yeah, no, it, it, I, I think she owes that apology to her kids, and it's up to the voters in Colorado's third to decide if they want this representation or not. David Hogg and some people were talking about like demanding her resignation. Trust me, uh, there are many things going on in Congress that are far, far, far worse than this, even though just as a personal matter, I think this is bad in, in the way that she's treating her family, the way that she lied about it, the way that she treated other people involved, like the pregnant woman. Those things are bad, but... Um, is she the biggest uh, demon in Congress? I, uh, no, uh, she's probably not in Women the top half. In their mid thirties that are going through a divorce, do stuff like this. They like revert to super juvenile behavior to try to resurrect their sexual market value. Yeah, I, maybe. I see this time and time again. You also see it in women that um, are having sex with their high school age students. Like every, every article that I see that's like teacher has sex with 14, 15, 16 year old boy. It's always a woman going through some sort of marital problem between the ages of 30 and 40 without fail. Yeah. It's like, give me the tingles. And I make me feel like I'm young again. She's doing that shit. And before I am uh, accused, perhaps correctly of participating in the overblowing of this story. Uh, and it probably is overblown to be honest. It, it, de- it does need to be contextualized. And I think it is fair to note. Lauren Boebert in a dark theater. Oh, we get the footage of that practically yeah. the next day. Night vision, high Epstein. detail. You can yeah. see, did he touch the nip or not? All of it. Mm-hmm. But January 6th footage. Uh, no, you can't really get that. Epstein footage. All the cameras were off. Um, uh, who brought the white, the cocaine in the White House, as the chatter noted earlier? Uh, yeah, we, we don't know the who footage. Knows, yeah. There wasn't any camera on that particular location. Very weird. It's just whenever you have to drum up a, a, a scandal that is against some Republican or some conservative or someone not of the progressive or Democrat persuasion, suddenly the footage is immediately available. Let's imagine that. But speaking of the footage, uh, this lady, I mean, she put it on the Internet herself. So that's I don't know why what she was thinking. She had to have. okay. so Susanna Gibson, everybody knows by now that she was on Chatterbait doing whatever people wanted with her with her husband. Does that make this any better? I guess. Right. So I guess in so far as the marital relationship was preserved, uh, that might be better. But I I mean, overall, (laughs) it's gross. She was doing whatever people requested. Yeah. Okay, so that, that that's. That's way worse than by far. Yeah. Up to and including peeing on on him. Right. So they were uh, watching any of the videos, but she did say that just for people who don't understand if you've not if you've never heard of such a thing. Think of like an online arrangement where instead of just reading the super chats, we did the stuff that the super chats are talking about. Yeah. On camera. But it was all for charity, right? That, was, they weren't they weren't pocketing the money. It was all for charity. It was all for a great cause. Yeah. Um, she's she has two young kids, though. Ugh. Anyway, so she, she was getting tips on Chatterbait to like do all the sex stuff with her husband. Um, I don't know how recent this was. I actually couldn't find any information on when on when this was. I have some but it was inform- with her husband and they haven't been married for that long. So. Some in. Oh, do you know when they got married? That would definitely. No, it wasn't on our Wikipedia page. I also don't know when they got. married. I guess we don't know if they were married in the video. So but in the original Washington Post reporting, there is one paragraph. More than a dozen videos of the couple captured from the Chatterbait stream were archived on one of these sites. Recurbait. <laughs> yeah, a but they were archived recently. Yes, exactly. So they were archived September 2022, but we don't know when the streams when, themselves right, right. actually happened. Could have been 
sometime recent, perhaps not. But so I when do- she decided to run, she had to know this isn't a situation where like you sent your ex boyfriend a picture of your boobs or whatever. Like she was, she had I think six thousand people were subscribed to her chatter thing. Wow, that's yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, it's like wow. she had to know. So I'm sure that there was some sort of game plan about what am I going to do if this all comes out and blah, da 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 Because she had this, all these statements locked and loaded. She said, my political opponents, opponents and their Republican allies have pro- proven they're willing to commit a sex crime to attack me and my family because there's no line they won't cross to silence women when they speak up. Uh. This is actually really smart of her. Uh, they're trying to silence me because they want to silence you and I won't, I won't let that happen. She's turning it into a feminist issue, which is uh, the only thing she could really do at this point, right? I think she'd be be better off with the Russell Brand defense. Yeah, I did it. It was degenerate. I guess that's not exactly what Russell's saying. He's not saying I raped, but you get what I'm saying. Like, I did some degenerate shit. Regret, like, regret. But you know, I think the accusations of me against me are unfair. That kind of thing. Yeah, she should just own I, it she, instead of. She's also saying it's yeah. a violation of revenge porn laws because capturing and disseminating this content without permission is unlawful. What the? It's f- unlawful. It's unlawful recording. And, and, and then uh, Virginia has like the most forgiving revenge porn statute of any state. But they're also yeah. the toughest on prostitution. I love this case that uh, that right. she should face yeah. prostitution charges. Oh, I forgot to grab that link. But and so the, the Virginia law also states that any person who for money or its equivalent engages in sexual intercourse or other sexual acts with another person is guilty of prostitution, which is punishable as a class one misdemeanor. So I kind of hate this too. I think Uh, you have to engage in a sex act with the person that's paying you for the sex act for it to be prostitution. This this is really interesting. The the issue here is basically is pornography the same thing as prostitution from a legal or philosophical perspective? Yeah. I can't imagine that even with the, with the breadth of this definition that, that, that this is going to be, uh, a chargeable offense. For I don't think I would seems, be shocked if they actually. It seems absurd yeah. to me, I, I, but I, but I guess you know we should be giving it back to people on the left. I just, uh, I love that she just calls her own porn videos the worst gutter politics. It's just that yeah. simple fact that I find <laughs> hilarious. Like, so yeah. But what was it? You made the gutter politics though. Was it gutter material? If you're, if you had a change of heart and decided like I made gutter material and it was degenerate and I regret it and I'm sorry. Okay. Like I actually am willing to allow people a pretty wide latitude in making mistakes in their past life and recovering from them. And then, yeah, but, but you have to repent like, and she won't, that's the heart of Christianity, right? You have to be like, I did this thing. It was degenerate. I would never do this now. And I'm sorry for having done it. Yeah. And I think that that goes a lot, a lot further, but she's like, I'm not sorry. <laughs> in fact, you're, you're the one in the gutter. That famous mm-hmm. uh, Donna Brazil interview with yeah. uh, Megan, Megan, Megan Kelly. What was the line? At like, least Bobert did it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have you, to find, find it in the gutter. What does she say? It was, you like a thief. She kept calling her uh, Kelly throughout the interview instead of Megan. Kelly, Kelly, Kelly you like a thief. Trying to Thief dig in the night. I can't remember exactly what it was. Trying to dig up all the things that you found that was in the gutter. And that was the same. <laughs> that was the same interview in which she alleged that the Hillary emails were both fake and stolen. And first stolen. first right, they faked right, them. Yeah. Then they put them on Hillary's server. Oh, that then was they so stole good. Them. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, you know, 
I get it. People have a lot of criticisms of Megyn Kelly, and I don't think that she's perfect in her job like anybody else, myself included. But I, I do have to credit her for for some moment. That's that interview is one of the greatest. Like she wasn't a politician at the time. Donna Brazil. Donna Brazil was party chair. Yeah. But just like political interviews, that was one of the best I've ever seen. It was so awesome. But she didn't uh, have to do very much. Megyn Kelly. <laughs> just, just to wrap her up in just yeah, I guess she she was so easy it might have been Donna Brazil owning Donna Brazil you're right but yeah. uh anyway that's the same thing this lady said oh you found my porn you in the gutter you're stealing my porn from the gutter that's what she's saying in a Donna Brazil voice that's probably poorly imitated but <laughs> I don't care about this either uh my mentality about this and the Bobert thing it's just we have to recognize that all of our politicians are um morally degenerate that's where we are as a culture. Well, yeah, I think uh, I think a couple things are true. Number one, uh, like people in general are more morally degenerate than we realize because people are committing all sorts of sins that they hide from the public. But I think right. it probably is worse in the political environment insofar as those are people who are inclined to seek power over others. That's not totally. I don't want to say that that's inherently wrong because you can take that charitably and say it's not power i seek it's actually the protection of the rights of the people and that's why yeah, i want to get involved right. in politics how many but, politicians really think that there's yeah. there's no denying there's tons of data on this that certain jobs um attract certain kinds of people for obvious yeah. reasons we have lawyers and and cops have higher rates of domestic violence surgeons are often psychopathic there are people in in politics that are, are natural narcissists psychopaths and they're drawn to this position in defense of police domestic violence, though. I've heard some methodological disputes with those studies, but they're more terrible. importantly, yeah. more importantly, they're still way below lesbians. OK, don't. Of course, they're, well, they're not the worst. Who would dispute that at this point? Yeah. Uh, all um, right. And I think that that's what we're dealing. I mean, she's clearly voyeuristic. Like Adam uh, this lady or who? Yeah. Yeah. Susanna Gilbert. I don't know what what's her career in general. What was she doing before? She's a nurse. But if she you're was banging a nurse somebody making porn, okay. Yeah, if you're banging somebody on camera and and like you're sexually into being watched by all of these yeah. people, like there's something wrong with you. Like there's that's bizarre, exhibitionist, dysfunctional, amoral behavior. It's uncommon, yeah, uh, for good reason. Yeah. But uh, immoral. Right. I'm always saying that name. Well, amoral and, and immoral are different things, as far they as are. I understand. Amoral being amoral like a, is the absence of morality. Yeah. Immoral is rejection of it or countering it. I suppose. Yes. Yeah. Well, maybe amoral is what I mean. All right, whatever. I think of it as like apathy to morality versus evil. Does that make sense? Yes, that is exactly right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into uh, some hoax hate here. Okay. And now the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? In North Branch, Minnesota, a small town north of Minneapolis, St. Paul, a black family who moved from the Twin Cities last year has had their sense of security upended by vandals who have spray painted a series of hateful messages and images on their garage door. Take a look at some of the menacing messages they found, as they found a KKK symbol, a noose, 
the N-word. They moved to North Branch from the cities last year for a bigger house and a quieter life, but Natasha and Jay's sense of security has been upended in the last month. First, it was a symbol of white supremacy spray-painted on their garage overnight. The next piece of graffiti got even more personal, with Jay's first initial included in the disturbing image. Jay with the man, the hang, looks like a hangman or something with the N-word. So that made me look like somebody knew me or somebody kind of like targeted me. I just kind of feel like, man, I was crossing the line, man. I was just a little too much. After both of the acts of vandalism, neighbors, without being asked, power washed and painted the garage. And that was just the start of how this community has shown its support. We had a couple <laughs> of neighbors come by, brought us flowers about us letters just saying, hey, we're sorry that you guys are going through this. As police investigate, they've recommended the family install cameras. I'm just here to protect my family and take care of them. But I just wouldn't want anything to escalate or get out of hand or get crazy. I figured it out. All right. Okay. Like, my garage and my car is so dirty. How do I get the neighbors to power wash my garage and <laughs> That's what happened here. It was just like, I don't want to do chores. That was the motive. Yeah. I, I, it could be. Because as as told, this story is preposterous. But t I, we both looked for personal enrichment. I didn't see a GoFundMe or anything like that. <laughs> so maybe it was just, how do I get these white neighbors to do chores for me? I thought you were going to say white N-word. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, just, just generic neighbors. But... Uh, Okay, so we just freely use this word just to track the, the story here. First, it was a KKK symbol spray painted overnight. And then in a separate incident, in a separate night, the image of a hangman next to the N word that has his initial in it. Now, when I saw this image, I thought it was like a magnifying glass looking at a J. I don't even see once he described it. Oh, that's a guy hanging. Part of what makes it hard to understand is there's no face on the guy hanging. Why would J be over his face? <laughs> And then it looks like he has one leg. Is this guy an amputee or something? I don't know. Only if the person that badly drew that would uh, know. <laughs> they forgot one leg, so that's how I know it was me. Like, okay. Uh, I don't know. It looked like he had two in the video, though. So maybe inaccurate. But the importance of the two separate incidents here is the the time duration between. So there was this first incident before the uh, news depiction where it was just some kind of KKK symbol that I couldn't even find an uncensored image of. What is a KKK symbol? I, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I couldn't find it, but that's what they described it as. So you had this incident and you didn't respond by putting cameras up or increasing your security in any way. And maybe you say, well, what if it was like two nights in a row? Maybe you didn't have time. Well, according to other coverage of the story, racist vandals painted a white supremacy KKK symbol on their garage last month. So we have an entirely separate incident a month ago, which there was no security response to. And apparently he didn't tell police, at least insofar as police are now advising him to put cameras on his residence. I don't think there was a police report for that particular event. So there's this month gap in between. And to your point, neighbors cleaned his garage door and perhaps the surrounding property both times so maybe it is just like a monthly maid service for him at this point it's dirty why right? what why does he keep getting his garage so dirty yeah i don't know but the the thing that sucks we're asking here, the real questions on this show yeah. it, what uh i know this did not happen as described it just did not so what's actually going on here 
is that you have this black family moving to a rural town that in as described in the story is like 0.5% black. And not only are they not racist, as is alleged, they're actually very welcoming and eager to go clean his property for him. And he still smears them as racist. Implicitly. I, I, granted, in the story, they'll say most people are very nice, just not the vandals. But you're still saying that the community, you're implying the community has this racist evil to it. And and that is the kind of group defamation or the group smearing that's going on when, in fact, these people are well, lining up to clean your damn garage. They should get angry about that and they should respond by putting a KKK symbol on his car <laughs> and a hangman with one leg or whatever the fuck that was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, um, he's probably going to do that soon. We'll know once they get his toilet, once it's like they drew a KKK symbol inside the toilet bowl and the neighbors come over to clean that up, then we'll know it's a, it's a scam to get free maid services. Nobody <laughs> wants to do that. Or maybe it's in his trash. Could you guys please take the garbage out for me? I found a KKK symbol in it and I'd rather not handle it. It's dangerous. Mm. I think you're onto something that did not cross my mind, but maid services makes sense. Makes more sense than the than the story has told. All right. Any other insight before we move on? Nope. All right. Movie time. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show movie review. This week's movie is the 1990 Tom Clancy-inspired Cold War thriller The Hunt for Red October, in which a Cold War Soviet submarine captain tries to defect to the United States, and American and Russian forces race to eliminate him. But a CIA agent saves the day because, trust me, bro. From movie picker The House Always Wins, a classic action film from the 90s capturing the essence of the Cold War tension and warfare, it features Sean Connery in his prime, along with Alec Baldwin, who luckily killed no one in this filming. Uh, as far as Jamie and Jeannie's AI art for the week, I'm just thankful I didn't have to be Alec Baldwin. And my blackface, digital blackface streak continues. Uh, and I've always it's wondered. pretty good. What yeah. does blonde look like? I've always wondered like what you look a... like. <laughs> you first. Go ahead. I've always wondered what you look like as a fat black man. I've, I've always wondered that. what you'd look like as a, as a dykey lesbian. No, I guess that's redundant, but maybe more of a bull dyke. How about that? It's not because there are some lipstick lesbians that's that true. got molested and just think that they're lesbians. <laughs> All right. Uh, as always, your review and your rating. Oh, people are going to hate me so much. Okay. I'm, I'm quite glad that this was reviewed right after Master and Commander because they were similar in nature, but one was done well and the other was done Badly. I bet you like this and we're going to. Okay. So master and commander that ha- have this pace, this sea life pace. And then the hunt for red October pointlessly action packed. I found it infuriating also because the, the submarine uh, stages were virtually the same. I was having like a hard time figuring out what, we, what the hell was going on. Hmm. The whole thing was so dark and there was an accent problem, but I know that that would be hard to overcome and, I don't know. I think that I was trying to think like, why, why didn't I like this movie? Um, and I think it was the lack of, of having a truly adversarial relationship and it made me less interested in the characters. And then you never doubt that America is going to come and save the day. And so I was like, 
not along for the ride because I was like, I don't give a fuck. And also, that's total property. Like, like America's just every time we're the good guys and we just always swoop in and save the day. It's, I don't know. I hated that. Um, it's just a shame that all these hot male characters fell so flat for me. Even Alec Baldwin? Oh, he was so sexy. Oh what my God. F- but I love Alec Baldwin because I'm a huge 30 Rock fan. So I don't even care that he killed somebody. I just, I just don't care. <laughs> what? Um, Still? Yeah. What the yeah, f- I don't care. is this? The women will, will sell people out for a murderer if they find him. Oh, that just made him hotter. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh he killed somebody <laughs> on accident. Oh, oh my. <laughs> idiot. Um, it was also too long. I know people love this movie, but like, I, I think it's a man thing. And I don't oh. think that part of my brain is broken because I love Master and Commander, but I gave it a two out of five. I did not like it. And this was not the first time I've seen it either. Well, if that is the uh, if that's the truth that it's a man thing, I guess I have to turn in my man card, though. It wouldn't be the first you didn't time like it? if you ask oh, many of my movie review critics. Fair enough. Okay. Um, no, I did not. And I actually did not like it on levels similar to Master and Commander, though, for dissimilar oh. reasons. They're very they are actually pretty uh, significantly different movies to me. So the only the only comparison being like they take place in a in an ocean setting. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, but as far as things I liked, uh, I loved the way that I know his character is like Boradin or whatever. The chief uh, assistant to the captain uh, uh, to Ramius, Sean Connery is the captain. They're, they're defecting to the United States. They're seeking freedom and a life of prosperity. And where does he long to go? He wants to go to Montana. Then I shall live in Montana and I shall fa- find a round Boo, wife I hated or that. whatever he describes. And I shall have a rabbit farm and I'll live a simple life in Montana. And then that, that comes back around when he's shot and he's and he realizes that his dream will not be realized. And I know that's totally personal and subjective, but I just love the fact that the American dream is properly assigned to Montana. It's not New York. It's not L.A. It's not these concrete abyss places. It is properly Montana. Uh, that's the real America. It always has been. Puke. I did like this theme that uh, human in- intuition can still beat or be superior to computers. One, one scene I liked was you got uh, Jones, the sonar guy in the Dallas. That's the American ship chasing after the October. And he uh, is, is trying to convince the subs captain that he's discovered the October's route. And he heard this sound frequency and he processed it through some stuff. And the computer system tells him, no, that's um, uh, magma displacement or seismic activity unconvinced he does a little more analysis he finds this recurring rhythmic sound that could only be generated by human activity as in a a very quiet submarine like the october the point as is described in that scene even a multi-million dollar computer can only do so much and that's not me arguing that we're we're better at math than the robots or we're quicker thinking than the robots or that we're always going to beat ai and and various other robots at every task i don't think we will but i think there's something about the uniquely human elements of skepticism, curiosity, gut feeling until robots develop those traits, they're going to have at least one important disadvantage. So I kind of like that theme. I thought that was cool. Um, the stuff I didn't like, I just, okay. You know how I feel about subtitles. I generally don't like reading movies, except I really liked it in that one Hitler movie that we watched. Uh, downfall. Downfall. I really liked it then. I'm not even, 
if you're just pick a strategy and go with it this like first we speak russian but then we zoom in and zoom out and now you know russian so they speak english but they also speak it with a very poorly done russian accent sometimes it was wildly inconsistent i and can't imagine sean connery, the best way for them to do it sean connery doesn't even try most of the time and is just straight up scottish if not more scottish throughout that inconsistency drove me nuts. It's not even that you have to handle language barriers the way I want you to for me to be satisfied. Because again, I've seen examples of like, normally I hate subtitles, but I thought that it was very authentic and well presented in Downfall. And the angry German accent really made it seem German. I get it. This was just like, all right, that guy's faking a bad Russian accent. That guy's Scottish. For some reason, I'm supposed to believe they're Soviet officers. I just, the whole, that enraged me. It, it bothered me the whole time. There were some plot issues that maybe some people who have a better understanding of subs could explain to me. Maybe these aren't plot holes and I'm just I think one is for sure. I think one is for sure a plot hole. But as far as this Russian sub, I don't really get it. OK, the October, of course, its main asset is that it has its this caterpillar drive and it can move with nearly absolute silence. It's almost undetectable. That's why it's so valuable. That's why the Americans got to have it, except then this second Russian submarine shows up and just starts firing torpedoes and everyone's like, whoa, where the hell did that come from? So, but that, that sub doesn't have a caterpillar drive. So how did that yeah. sub just come out of nowhere and no one saw it coming? Is it just that, like, is, is the October unique or is it not? Can every Russian sub do this or is the October something special? That seemed completely inconsistent to me and undermined really. It to me because I don't care. <laughs> well, there's that. And then the, the cook, the, the sabotage guy who attacks and shoots the, the guy who wants to go to Montana. Why didn't he just blow it up? Yes. It's yeah. like you've been hiding on the ship for like an hour and you decided, well, first I got to shoot them with this gun. Why? They'll get blown up if you go cross those wires. Who gives a shit? You'll murder them all. Two mm. birds, one stone. No, I've been hiding here and I have to have a gunfight with Alec Baldwin first. So much gunfight. Easier ways to get shot by Alec Baldwin, too. You don't have to go through all that trouble. Uh, so I didn't understand that. Well, like, if your whole point was to blow up the sub, you had a long time to do it, you weirdo. And even then, he's sitting there like, I'm going to do it, Alec Baldwin. I'm going to touch these. <laughs> but first, I'm going to wait for you to shoot me. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I share your criticism that I thought the plot couldn't be more obvious and uninteresting. Like, yeah, uh, the Ramius is going to be saved by Ryan. The Russians are going to lose. The Americans are going to win. The day is going to be saved. Nobody actually believed that the October was ever going to be destroyed. Nobody believed that Ramius or Ryan would die. They just sacrificed the one. They sacrificed Alan Grant from Jurassic Park, but nobody cares about him because that movie doesn't come out for three more years. That was it. <laughs> There was no difficult choice to make, no moral predicament. It's just Ramius. He he just drives to America. The end. I, I I didn't I didn't find the plot development to be compelling at all, really. And then I I was left with this question: like, why do I really care if Ramius does defect anyway? And yes, yeah. I I understand that the October has this new tech that Americans want to obtain. And I understand that in the end, Ramius tells Ryan, well, hey, I actually I, I'm pretty sure that the uh, October was going to be used to launch a first strike against the U.S. OK, so there is significant consequence if he doesn't defect because they're going to attack the United States. But you told me that at the end, I watched the whole movie thinking, I don't give a shit if this guy lives or dies. Yeah. You tell me at the end, oh, it actually did matter. Well, I would have liked to know that information up front. Maybe I would have been more invested in his story. And he, I just even if it's not just the 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 war prospect that the October might prompt the war. 
I never felt like I cared about Raimi as Sean Connery's character anyway, unless I missed it. It didn't seem like there was a great explanation for why he doesn't like Russia and why he likes America and what his philosophical motivations may be. If any, it was just like, I don't like it. He's important and stoic. Yeah. Yeah, Whatever. And his wife died. And that was like all they mentioned about his background. And that, so I wasn't invested in his success anyway. And then in the end, you tell me, oh, but if he wasn't successful, there would have been nuclear war. Oh, thanks. Great. So uh, I actually came down with the same two wiki rating. It's definitely not for me, dog. I have enjoyed many a Tom Clancy video game, by the way. Splinter Cell, Ghost Recon, Rainbow Six. Didn't get the enjoyment out of this one. But at least it's right about Montana. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure everyone loves this movie and hates what we had to say about it. Uh, The early voters uh, giving it fives and fours overwhelmingly, like two thirds, fives and fours. So we're way, way, way in the minority on this next week. uh, Actually, it's in two weeks. The next movie is The Dark Knight. And the reason it's in two weeks is you're out next week. I'm not going to do a movie review without you. I'm not going to ask Frank to watch the movie on your behalf and do his own movie review or something like that. So uh, we'll we'll just skip the movie review segment next week and we will review The Dark Knight on October 1st. And luckily, with perfect timing, October is a five Sunday month. So we can carry the, ne- the new October nominations over starting October 8th and not miss a beat. Uh, speaking of the new nominations for October from listener The Evolutionary Conservative, those nominations are Arrival, The Searchers, Gone with the Wind, the Grapes of Wrath, Braveheart, Kingsman, The Secret Service, Old Yeller, Seven, or of course you can vote to reject the list in favor of a randomly selected top Seven rated. or Old Yeller? Good lord. And right. I, I wouldn't try to influence the vote, and most likely people would vote against what I want anyway, such as the spirit of the segment. Uh, Gone with the Wind is almost four hours. And <laughs> after this, I, with our uh, assistant, Tim, we decided on a new rule. Four hours is the cap. I'm not watching a movie that's longer than four ruling hours. out no movies. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, maybe we should say three and a half, but definitely not going over four. Uh, anyway, so we will uh, pick up with those movies uh, into October. Uh, as a reminder, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, submit your own rating, vote for the next movie or sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month. The one and only place to do all of those things is in my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on the homepage of the website. That is mattchristiansonmedia.com or mattis.gay if you prefer. Okay. Uh, all set. Let's catch up with our chatters and we'll call it a night. Sure. Um, oh, I hope that we're all right on rumble. I, my rumble has not updated since last time. So that might be correct. Or we might've missed some rumble chats. If I did miss any rumble chats, I apologize for that. Of course you can send me an email and I will get that corrected for you. Uh, but rumble I'll, I'll circle back to rumble to make sure I didn't miss anything, uh, over on odyssey. Um, we're, let's see. Oh, uh, Mark Miller says, sorry to barge in, but will you guys check out the, uh, check out hategate.ca? The liberal government funded a commie smear merchant, the Canadian anti-hate network to lie. And the government funded media went along with it. The RCMP as in the Canadian FBI. 
cited the single source and the government enacted martial law. It's the ultimate hate hoax. A Freedom of Information Act exposed to the circle jerk. The dia diagonal i'm not sure what that is but these guys would likely be willing to come on and explain the absurdity of it well definitely send me an email i'm unaware of the story but if you have uh, a good summary of the story send it my way and i'll be happy to take a look and thank you yeah Mark i don't know Miller. about that appreciate it uh okay we're good on d live thank you guys over there so let's catch up sure. with youtube and tippy metal rules look like it's going to be a banger of a show tonight <laughs> uh i guess you could call it that is that a is that a I just take Is that as a, a Bo Brand thing? reference, or maybe a oh. Russell Brand thing. There are many banger metaphors many. to yep, be made. Chimp in a bow tie. The left broke me. I tapped out of all politics content, fed up of Constantels and rubbing our noses in their hypocrisy. My piss boiling rage is down 97%. Now looking for a cabin in the woods with access, with access to a good post office. You know, if you, when you check out, it really helps your mental state. I think everybody probably should. I mean, I... I I have a, a large appetite for this sort of stuff. I, I think it's important for its own sake in the direction of our country. I also find entertainment value in it. But if I didn't spend several hours a day doing something else and or enjoying my family time or whatever. Lose my mind. Yeah, Lose I can't do this all the time forever. You have to have things that provide you with purpose outside of just like getting mad at the news. <laughs> Even if the news deserves anger. Uh, but by, and I also would say... Oh, and that's not what he wrote. I thought he was saying that getting a cabin in the woods was an L. And I was going to say, that's definitely not an L. That is the Uncle no, Ted no. way. No, no, he's uh, but, He is uh, Uncle Ted. He yeah, a cabin know. in the woods with a good post office. Like I said, that's why you go to Montana. Like the guy in Hunt for Red October knew. Hmm. Yeah. Matt McFadden. Hey, Matt, any update on the story of the cyclist caught on camera burning a Trump sign and almost catching a house on fire? I haven't looked into it. I haven't heard any. I do follow the guy who is the homeowner on Twitter, and um, I certainly would be interested in speaking with him if he would like to speak. But I, you know, I can extend an invitation and that's all I can do. Uh, But as far as the charges, I know the the DA was saying she was going to bring misdemeanor charges. The homeowner thought that was insufficient. And I haven't heard much about the story since then. Uh, did she actually bring the charges? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That would be the next step to to look into. So one would assume they've been filed by now. Um, Eric Burns March. Kristen Welker took over as host of MTP. Why do I not recognize this ac- acronym? Uh, meet, meet the, the press. press. There yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> She's from Philly. I have to ask Blonde, what is your opinion of her figure, especially her tatas? Matt, what's the take on Mrs. Welker's teeth? I don't know. I I have not thought about her boobs because her face is weird. And I know I said Karine Jean-Pierre is hot, but in like a, in like a Haitian cabbage patch kind of way, like Kristen Welker, what the shit is she? Uh, like Indian racially? Like, yeah. Yeah. I have no idea. She's some weird mystery. Maybe she's half black, half white. She might be. I have no idea. I, I'm just uh, wait, not into her, it. Yeah, her father's white and her mother is black, according to Wikipedia. Okay. I, her face is too pointy or something. I can't believe I'm saying that. I would you have guessed... You should think Corrine Champierre is hot because um, of her round features. You're racist. Well, I, as we discussed uh, on Wednesday, whenever that was, if you don't... Th- like, if you're... If, <laughs> you have to have... Equal attraction and dating preferences among races or you're racist. Yeah. Totally. So no, um, I think Corinne Jean-Pierre like absent her 
insanity is a perfectly fine looking woman. I have no dispute with her appearance. Like, let's say I, you're into black chicks, which I'm not, and you've never heard her speak. She's got good facial symmetry. Her she seems nice. like she's fit, like she's in shape. She yeah. definitely looks younger than she is. Black don't crack. I mean, she yeah. she looks like she's 25 and she's like 90. Something like that. I think she's I think she is almost 50, like late 40s, if I'm yeah. remembering correctly. Uh, I don't really have an issue with her teeth. What's wrong with her teeth? I didn't say anything about her teeth. Uh, the, but the chatter asked me to evaluate her teeth. Oh, looks like Maybe normal teeth. Tits. <laughs> I thought you said teeth. Doesn't it say teeth? It, says, it straight up says teeth. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not even teas. It's teeth. And, sh- and you're the one who has to evaluate the teas, according to this question. I don't know. When I'm evaluating a woman's beauty, I look at her face first. And if there's nothing there, then I... Unless it's like grotesque, I don't really care what her boob situation is. Teeth seem fine to me, though. Thank you, Eric. (laughs) She's passed the teeth test. That's great. I once broke into Robin D. Banks' house, hoping she would teach me a lesson, but she wasn't home. She was out having fanfic-style adventures with Madame Blonde, so I just stole a pair of her panties. (laughs) Wow. Thank you, Knuckle Hunky Buck. This is Um, lit, 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 lit. Where did that come from? I know it's Alex Jones. But... I've been saving. Uh, that one's been on the back burner for a while. Chase that, You know what that's from? That's from the Kanye West and Nick Fuentes appearance on InfoWars. Is it Wars. really? That's what that oh, is. I have to go to the bathroom. Ugh. All right. Uh, we, we, which one was up next? Chase Labash. Okay, yeah. Uh, Matt and I once made love. He covered me in his suds and left my whole body tingling. Blonde, <sighs> your soap is all right, too. Thank you, Hero Soap, for such a great product. Well, thank you for uh, for your kind words for Hero Soap, too. Uh, seriously speaking, they've been a great company to work with. And it's not just that I like their product, though I do. But, um, you know, uh, as far as uh, their interest in doing right by the show and and just uh, allowing the show to have a good time with it and producing a good product and being responsive, like top notch. And that's why I've appreciated working with them. Uh, Swag McFresh. Hello from hell. As in Canada. Got any white pills? I'm getting past the stage of feeling angry about this commie malarkey. And I've gone straight to despondent. Well, the the best white pill any man can get for himself is a wife and kids. So if you have not already uh, started on that project, I hope that you will. And if you have that project already established and you need a break away from uh, the black pills that are abundant, work on maintaining and enhancing and building that relationship. Uh, you, you can't help, but have faith in the future or at least find purpose in the future, uh, when you have a wife and children for whom to build a future. So for any man, that's what you got to do. Uh, and don't worry, don't worry about the news, build your, build your little homestead for yourself. And, uh, that will take care of itself. Uh, let's see, uh, chase. I read. Long Dong John said, uh, I once broke into a house in Bozeman. Pulp Fiction was playing on TV and Matt was standing there with a baseball bat and a giant boner saying you broke into the wrong house, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying that I would deploy these methods to defend my household. I just I think the morals of the hypothetical are interesting to debate. If you can what kill are you a guy, talking about? he said that you don't want to break into a house in Bozeman because you're going to find me standing there with a baseball bat and an erection and saying you broke into the wrong house. Have I ever heard you say erection? I'm trying to be professional. He wrote boner. I wish I would have just heard you say boner. Erection is so, it's like a thousand times worse. It's like a thousand times worse. 
Uh, Laurel says, forgot to mention this on my show. Even mm-hmm. David Hogg came out and said the New Mexico gun ban was probably unconstitutional. Yeah, we talked about it last week. Yeah, he, uh, when even David Hogg, known Harvard-educated constitutional law expert, as he constantly reminds us, when even David Hogg is like, uh, I mean, come on, this is bullshit. You know, uh, you know, you've really <laughs> lost know. it. But thank you, Laurel. I uh, hope you're doing well, as always. Gay Dad's Bear says, AIDS Skrillex works at Whole Foods in Brentwood, Missouri. Go rewatch that vid. See the arch no in the background. Is that why he was there? And Gay Dad's Bear, if if you know this from personal experience, like you've seen this, find contact information for that man. I want to talk to him. I want to make this happen. Not even like a make fun of him thing. I want to know his side of the story. I want to hear from AIDS Skrillex. Thank you like for to the... get on top of memes like seven years later. Well, I just, I think that reflecting on that after the fact, what is it like to become a mercilessly mocked internet? Meme? Oh yeah. I think that is I've really interesting. Interview, well, Tosh Plano used to cover those things. Yeah. It's, it's kind of the same idea, but more political, you know, like I want to find these political meme people. Um, Jonathan Prezios, what about the girls? Did you read this? No. Hunter has intercourse with, he is having sex with Chinese, Ukrainian, and American girls while this is illegal in all these countries. Plus the Chinese women are talking. Uh, What's yeah, illegal? But, the uh, prostitution? I don't know the legalities of all of that. Like, has he committed what would be basically statutory rape in these countries? I don't know. But I do know that to the extent that some of these women are, are prostitutes, uh, there are potential trafficking implications. That's true. So yeah. there's that problem for him too. Um, Robin D. Banks, Matt, please don't forget my super chat from last week. That Becca, <clears throat> I am deleted by accident. Knuckle hunky buck needs to know how I really feel. Let the romance grow. We we did say it. We said it. We did it. Oh, we got it. Thank you, Robin. Although I, <laughs> that was the one with the baking the baking reference that I could not repeat. Oh, so I see why you wanted me to come back to it. It was uh. It was unforgettable. Um, Jonathan Pezios. Wow, Hunter is a word I can't even say in Super Chats. What is that about? And he had to spell it with two T's. You can't say Hunter. Killer Manjaro, you came through again. Let us know how much money you want us to send back to you. Um, Knuckle Hunky Buck, have you ever considered hosting a live chat or Super Chat system on your site that would bring the whole audience together on Sundays? Yes. It's a Um, huge thing. Like integrating the entire chat across multiple platforms may be possible. I think it'd probably be really difficult though. I've, that's not something I've considered. Um, and I don't know, to be honest, it'd probably be much easier just to say like everyone go to this discord server and chat it out there. But you know, we know what no happens with discord. discord servers. No, uh, no, it's not something I've, I've tried, but I wouldn't say it's impossible. I just, it's beyond my expertise. So I'd have to ask the guys I know who, who build some of these kind of aggregation projects for us. If that's even a thing that could be done. Yeah. Um, Daniel Yeager, have you seen the dumb money movie trailer? It tells the story of GameStop wall street bets saga from two years ago. Ah, uh, wait the, Oh, uh, no, I haven't seen that, but I remember the story. Yeah. Hmm. The, uh, the pumping of GameStop meme stock and then uh, the the forces that be put a stop to it for a little while. Yeah, and then yeah. that was deemed like some kind of exercise in fraud or something like that. If you buy too yeah. much GameStop, that's that's dishonest for some reason. Uh, no, I, Roger, I'd be interested in checking it out. I haven't though. seen it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jolly Roger, what is your favorite season of the year? I like fall. Um, 
Yeah, fall is pretty awesome. I know this is a cop out, but it's just this the change of seasons in general I love. And that's one thing I hated about living in California. There was just no like seasons. kind of warmer and a little less rainy to kind of colder and a little more rainy in the Bay Area. And it you didn't get that drastic change where the leaves change. You get those frosty mornings and that first snow and all of those things. And I, I, likewise, I love it in the spring when you can just see the trees starting to bud and the days are getting a little bit longer and the snow is all but melted away. And you see those like the, the oh, flowers blooming that. and all that. All of that. It's the change. It's those moments of change like that first snow that you noticed, the first change, uh, the first leaf that's changed color, the first flower that's blooming. That's the stuff that I love. It's not even one particular season. It's the changes of the season. Yep. Totally. Yeah. Um, oil King Romans. Therefore, I urge you brothers by the mercies of God to present your bodies, a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service. Blonde sounder for shut up, shut up. Uh, is that a request that- for one or are you making one? I don't know. Either way. Shut up. I say enough. I don't believe it's <laughs> What is that from? That's The Rock yelling at some other wrestler. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Waco. How many? It's Babbert, right? Or is it Bobert? I thought it's Bobert. Okay, I've heard people say Babbert and Bobert. What the? Fiery Waco. Is it Babbert? I I don't know why. That's news to me. No indication it it would be said Babbert, but I've heard a few people say it. Fiery Waco. How many times do you have to say Beetlejuice before Lauren Lauren Bobert magically appears? Oh, my God, bro. (laughs) Grabs your what? Grabs your ween? Disturbed 2K7. Ayo, Matt, did you just shid your balls? What the heck? I don't know. I don't even know what that means, but I... I don't know either. Yeah. But seriously, babe, keep it going. Also, blonde geez, Louise girl. You straight happening, girl. But seriously, I've lost control of my life. Yee. It sounds Yee. like things are, are not going well. I gotta reload. Well, at least you haven't shit your balls. I mean, <laughs> it could be mean? worse. <laughs> Does that mean you get, you get like poop on your balls? I would assume it seems kind of inherent to the idea. Uh, thank you for supporting the show. And of course, if, if you're sincere about uh, looking for control in your life, I wish you the best with that. Um, let me reload. Andrew C says, Hey, Brond, this is uh Japanese oh. blonde. I take it. Will you onsen in Japan? Am I, am I, is this supposed to be like Japanese written English or what does onsen mean? I think it means get naked at a hot spring. Oh, okay. It's very nice, but full nude and no tats allowed. Also, Green Pass on Skakison is good. Is a good deal. You could not pay me ten thousand dollars right now to get naked in front of other people. Hmm. I am so pregnant and disgusting, and absolutely not under those circumstances. Also, morality, blah blah. Uh, <laughs> Russell Dufresne. I've decided to forgive you both the Spaceballs and movie review and continue <laughs> for my support. Thank you. I hate that movie. I hate no, that movie so much. I'm giving you a refund. Spaceballs yeah, sucked. Just, screw you. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank Robin you, D. Russell. Banks. Appreciate it. You Russell Brand and I once made love. You. He approached me and said, you're going to wear this Playboy bunny outfit on our next day at a website with my chin. Okay. You can't rape the willing. <laughs> I know. Like that, These chicks were probably like, awesome. This is awesome. Right? I would assume, well, yeah, I, I assume they all entered the arrangement consensually. In their cases, he then got too aggressive for my comfort and wouldn't take no for an answer is what their argument would be. 
but again, it seems like you've had, it doesn't seem like you have had years on years, in fact, over a decade to there say this. And you have opted not to <sighs> until now at the urging of some reporter who happens not to like Russell Brand. Tailbone hurts so much. Okay, Isaac Wolf. I appreciate the fact you two report on stuff every single one of your viewers has already seen. <laughs> Thank you for the compliment. <laughs> Why is your show only once a week? Because it's a huge production. I don't. I would not want to do a daily show. Mm, I would not want to either. Uh, for a bunch of reasons. I thought this reasons. was going to be a heartfelt uh, Jeez, compliment. Isaac. No, I mean, in, in, to to treat the point as sincerely as possible. Obviously, the intent of the sh- of the show is not breaking news. What I and we are trying to do is break down the week's news uh, in a way that identifies what's important or what arguments are good or bad, or from an analytical perspective. Obviously, I'm not under any delusion that this show is going to be bringing you stories that you were previously unaware of. It's a weekly show by design, recapping a week's worth of news. Um, that is, that is the intent, but thank you for supporting the show, Isaac. Oh, I think not doing too many shows is important. Yeah. I, uh, I y- you could do them. If I did a weekly or a, a daily show, it'd have to be shorter too. You'd have to break it up into shorter segments and do it over the course of the week. But the podcasts that I've stuck with for many, many years, all do maximum once a week shows. I, I still get that old feeling when there's a new sword and scale episode. Yeah. I like having not enough to listen to. Uh, because yeah. that means you'll go back when there is more to listen to. Mm-hmm. But just me personally. Trapped to the world. Marriage is swearing an oath to God that you will remain committed even if it makes life worse. That makes society strong even if the individual's miserable, sadly, Bobert's date was a Democrat. I I hear you. Yeah, they probably should have stayed married. The reason they should have stayed married is that she still married him um, after the abuse allegation, and he was arrested for that. Oh, and the marriage was, was after the, that. The marriage was after that. Oh she was, okay. she may or may not have been pregnant and she was 17. Hmm. So. That's an interesting way to think about it too, Trav. I, I appreciate your, uh, your note that it is an oath to God as well. It's not just mm-hmm. an oath to that person. And that, that has to mean something. Uh, and so a betrayal of that oath is not just about betraying your spouse. It's about betraying God himself. Betraying God himself. Uh, important and, and uh, valuable insight. Thank you for that. Incompetent hands. Machine is down at work and there's nothing to do. My boredom is your financial gain. Safe travels plan. See you tomorrow, Matt. Uh, well, thank you for coming over to uh, check out Frank's stream. If that's what you're referring to, I'll see you there. Not Sean Cosgrove. Maybe they were reenacting the scene from South Park where Randy plays Wheel of Fortune. That scene is so funny. He says the N word and he goes. <laughs> oh, is that the one where they're trying, where they're spelling out uh, naggers? Yeah. Right. People who annoy you. Yeah. All right. Let me reload again. Oil King yeah. says, uh, I much, I, I much rather have a King that is Christian. Uh, sorry. I would much rather have a King that is Christian than a dozen Republicans doing a reach around. That family is lying. Go back to Uganda. <laughs> Better people, less gay. Yag, yag, yag. I tooted decorum. Well, I certainly take your point that, uh, that, that I think, uh, a good solid moral framework is important for anybody who's in leadership, regardless of how those people are chosen or regardless of what their party affiliation is. I'm still going to pick us over Uganda though. I'm going to stay here, but, uh, at this rate, Uganda is going to catch up pretty quickly. So I can't say that you're, yeah. <laughs> you're totally off. Um, uh, 
also says Hollywood always screws up Tom Clancy's stories in this, uh, in the sum of all fears, the villains were supposed to be muzzies. Uh, I'll find a Russian movie just for you. Yag, yag, yag. I tooted. Tell me to chill out five out of five. Uh, all right, I'll check it out. I mean, I like Tom Clancy products. I'm, I've not been a, a reader of the books, but as far as the entertainment products and video games, I've enjoyed them, but not this one, not this movie. Uh, Wildly Lost says, just curious, the fact that Alec Baldwin's victim is Sean Connery's character's daughter uh, change the hunt for Red October watching it today. Wait a minute, wait a minute, just so I understand. Alec Baldwin's victim, I assume he means Helena Hutchins, the actual victim in real life. Yes, right? yeah, yeah. Sean Connery's character's daughter. That doesn't make any sense, though. Like, Ramius, are you, or was Ramius a real person? Was this a historical thing? There's no way that's know. true. You'll have, you might have to, wildly lost, if there's something to this, send me an email because I'd like to hear if there's some factual basis to this. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how that would possibly be the case. But if you have a case to be made, I want to hear it. And thanks for supporting the show. Knuckle Hunky Buck says, if you break into someone's house, you should expect to be attacked by a raging homeowner, not a raging homo, just a raging homeowner. Fair distinction. Injured Guardian says the chatter asked about teeth because about a year ago, Blonde praised a female news reporter's boobs. Ah, I see. And Matt loudly insisted that her teeth were much more important, which chatters then contested. I remember this. There was some chatter that, uh, or there was not chatter. There was a news anchor in some local story we were playing and you complimented her figure. And I said something like, she's got great teeth, which she She did. She had take old biddies. I remember this. I don't remember what the news story was about. She also had great teeth, but it's like, I'm not going to just repeat the point and be like, she's admirable for a variety of traits. Because she's so smart. <laughs> uh, we'll have to go back and find the original story to to revisit the uh, the reference. But uh, but thank you for reminding me because I'd forgotten all about that. Now the Kristen Welker thing makes sense. So thank you for clarifying. Let's see. Um, I have to refresh, but I just left off on Injured Guardian. Do you have the next? I do. Thunderstorm. Uh, thank you. Uh, Plum Logan. Matt and I almost made love. But then he shared his shameful opinion about the hunt for Red October. I left with equal shares of horror and derision and tagged in Ducky. Well, it's not my concern. Ducky Ducky Hucklebum. Ducky (laughs) Hucklebum. Right. No end. Um, Well, you have to. If my opinion is shameful, so is Blonde's. She has to be included in this. I'm a woman. It matters less. Ah, All right. Uh, Knuckle Hockey Buck. Okay, Banksy, you have my attention. What are you going to do with it? Mm. Do you? Till next time, perhaps. Esoteric uh, Unbound. Did I just have a stroke? A broken analog, analog clock is right twice a day, and Matt's take of this flick is spot on. The stupid lines in action were James Cameron-esque. My favorite was when a missile sub banked like an airplane. Yeah, this this kind of didn't seem like a... You know, and I liked Predator a lot. I didn't like Die Hard, but I liked Predator. I can't remember what I gave Predator. I think it was mostly positive, though. I don't think I hate it. I know I didn't hate it. I just can't remember what I rated it. I thought I gave it a three or four. I have to reload. I think I think we're all caught up. Esoterica. uh, I'm trying, man. Uh, Hopefully I'll be a a broken clock that's right three or four times a day sometime soon. But hey, I'm glad you can back me up a little bit on this one because I think most people probably strongly disagree with me and us about the hunt for Red October. But that's all right. Uh, My wife loves that movie, too. And the whole time I'm trying to figure out why. 
What? Why? I have to look at Alec Baldwin's stupid face, which I deliberately did not hold against the movie, even though I hate that guy. I'm not going to just act like it's a crappy movie because of him. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, I think we're all set. looks like we're good on uh, YouTube and Tippy. We're good on Rumble. Again, if I missed any on Rumble, send me an email. We'll get that sorted out. Uh, we're good on Odyssey and we're good on DLive. So anything else before we get out of here? Well, let's do it. Okay. See you well, guys in two weeks. That's right. It's This is a, a, a goodbye before a long break for Blonde, at least. She'll be back October 1st after a Japanese vacation and a whole bunch of stories to tell us. Of course, uh, Frank from Quite Frankly will fill in with me next weekend and we will go over all the news as normal. Uh, if you'd like to find anything show related in the meantime, you want to find more to listen to or you want to find the rest of tonight's show or you want to find some ball tingling hero soap, head on over to the website, mattchristensenmedia.com or mattis.gay if you like a shorter URL. Uh, you can find everything show related over there and, uh, and, uh, well, who knows what you might find more to listen to and exotic soap deals too. So head on over. Uh, we will catch you next Sunday. I can't even say, sorry, Chuck Todd. Now it's sorry, Kristen Welker. I'm going to have to redo this. Sorry, whoever it is. It's not meet the press. It is the Matt and Blonde show. If it's Sunday, that is ignore the botch. I'll see you in two weeks.